coming up on another episode of the podcast. If you follow the local game here in SA, then this podcast really is for you. We've got Adelaide City midfielder Nicholas Booker joining us, host of the Kicking It Local SA podcast, Johnny Kecko, also came on, and our own writer, of course, Antonis Pagonis, who does a great job covering the league as well. And uh, yeah, the four of us discussed the upcoming season in the MPL SA team-by-team preview, went through all the new signings, expectations, what we can expect, any other news surrounding some of these clubs, because it really is an exciting season uh, in 2023 um, across the board. A lot of, lot of interesting storylines that are building. It all starts, of course, and I mentioned this in the pod, but it all starts on the 17th of February, Adelaide City taking on uh, West Adelaide, um, and of course, having, having Nick on as well and getting his thoughts on that game and, and much more from an Adelaide City perspective. But also, Nick, of course, you know, he's been in the league for many years and, and getting his thoughts on all the other teams and, and uh, a player's perspective was great as well. Uh, Johnny on the podcast as well. Make sure you go check out, uh, the Kicking It Local podcast as well. He's got some great interviews, uh, on there as well with, with a lot of local figures, uh, in the, in the South Australian game. But without further ado, this is a long podcast. It's a bumper preview. And uh, yeah, I'm your host, Christian Marchetti, and we'll be back right after this. Welcome back to another episode of the Front Page Football Podcast. Tonight, we've got a very, very special episode. We are previewing the MPL South Australia 2023 season. So I'm joined, of course, by our MPLSA writer, Antonis Pagonis. Antonis, how are you? And uh, why, don't you tell, why don't you tell the listeners where you're actually joining us from? Yeah, it's, I was about to say, it's good to be here on the 1st of my that I know of partly recorded NPOSA podcast from Greece. Yes, yes, that's right. And I'm pretty sure this is... Uh, we did an interview with Travis Dodd a while back, but this is probably really the first time it's going to be a full kind of NPOSA talk. So, um, yeah, this should be good. Uh, we're also joined by host of the Kicking It Local SA podcast, uh, also commentates for Football South Australia, Johnny Kecko. Johnny, how are you going? Mag, good to be here with you and good to be on a different podcast for once and uh, not be hosting it, which is a nice change. Yeah, yeah, I've got the uh, I've got the pressure tonight of uh, hosting hosting uh, these these three wonderful guests, and we're also joined by uh, Mr. Adelaide City himself. Um, <laughs> maybe even you might even go as far to say he's Mr. MPLSA at this point as well. To be honest, I mean he's been in the league for for that long, and I don't know who was running the uh, the Adelaide City social media last year, but they kept on calling him the King on social media. It was really weird. Um, but Nicholas Bucco is his name, and he joins us uh, from his from his from his from his home from his living room. Yeah, my dad's study. His dad's study. There you go, Mister Bucco. How are you? Fantastic, boys. Thanks for having me. Good to be here. Not sure about that introduction. Um, I would have preferred if you said maybe back to back champion, because obviously football is a team game, and I'm very happy that we finally are starting to win things again. So that would have been better, I think. Ah, the diplomatic answer, the diplomatic answer from, from Mr. Booker there. Yeah, uh, of course. Yes, he is. He is a back-to-back champion. Um, and probably you probably already heard that, um, but he just wanted to remind you there. So um, <laughs> we're going to go through team by team, uh, all 12 teams. We're probably going to focus most of the discussion, though, around you know the top six, top four 
potentially. Uh, and of course, we've got Nick here, so we'll do a bit of a deep dive into to Adelaide City as well. Um, just, I guess, a bit of a disclaimer before we do this stuff, because we are going to talk about new signings and and uh, and how teams are going to look. So not all the information, of course, in, in the MPLs uh, is easily accessible for, for people like us. Of course, uh, of course, some some clubs uh, just, uh, you know, maybe don't announce signings or are a bit late with that. So, um, yeah, just a disclaimer around that. Um, and also, who knows, even some of the signings we've announced, they might have actually left already or, you know, um, yeah, other other situations like that can, can occur. So just a disclaimer about that. But uh, let's start with uh, Adelaide City. Let's start with your boys, Nick. Um, and signings, I guess. Let, let's get into that because you are aiming for a three-peat this season, um, which which would be, you know, put you right up there with with really the best teams in SA in SA history um, and some of the signings you've made. So we've got Nick Francesa uh, is joined from Campbelltown, Gus Williams as well from Comet, from Comet. Uh, and then you've also got Andrew Marveggio who's joined uh, after playing years in Europe, which is uh, not a bad signing either. Um, now, is there anyone else that I've missed there? Uh, Nick, that you want to uh, that you want to let us know about. I'm hearing on the grapevine. I've got a scoop, but I'm not going to reveal it. But we may have another signing incoming prior to the window closing, and it's one of two players, and both of them are very good. So we'll just wait and see which one we uh, which one it is. So th- those will be the four major signings for us this year. Um, having lost Joe Costa to Raiders. Uh, mainly due to work commitments. Joe was a fantastic contributor the last, well, obviously last year he had a bit of injury, but made an impact off the bench. But in 2021 on his return was brilliant. So going to miss my mate Joe. Um, and then, yeah, we've lost a few other young boys that uh, want to go play regular first team football. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, yeah. Oh, and of course we lost a Yum last week to Brisbane Raw, yep. which is fantastic. So congratulations and all the best for a Yum. Uh, that's what we strive to see is that, players moving on to the next level so um hopefully uh, he's not back with us and yeah it's it's exciting uh, i think pez is always every year wants to uh, refresh the squad because uh he's learned from his from the past with west adelaide when he didn't really refresh the squad and he felt like his team became complacent and they lost the hunger and desire so uh we hope that it doesn't happen for us this year yeah, and you mentioned um, some of the departures there. So you got Joe Costa, Ayum, uh, Majok, of course, signed for Brisbane Raw. Um, and now I was at the game. You were at the game last night. They just played, of course, um, Adelaide United and Brisbane Raw. Ayum came on right at the end of the game. He's, he's been coming off the bench of late. I mean, have you been watching him a little bit? Um, have you what What have you seen so far of him in the back in the A League? Because he did have a a very brief stint at Western United a couple of years ago as well. Yeah, I, look. To be honest, the first two games that he's come off the bench, I, I only saw highlights and I saw him cut the ball back once to Carlo and that was it. But last night, that game, I was there. It was crying for him to play more than mm. seven minutes. Uh, mm. At the 70th minute, Mark Warren Moon was looking to make changes, brought Nicola on. Uh, how can you not bring a Yumon with him, add the pace on the flanks, start getting the balls in behind? LA United had a very high line. They were there for the taking. My mate Lockie Bar was on a yellow the other boys at the back, they just was they were sluggish. Like I, I just, yeah, I was just dumbfounded by the coaching. And uh, when you've got weapons like that on the bench, you got to utilize them more than seven minutes, like a young and Nicola probably needed more than twenty minutes. Like, and you could see the threat. And to me, last night Brisbane were very unlucky, and Adelaide United got away with it. But um, at the end of the day, teams they do their best to um, 
you know, when they're not playing well to get the result. And that's credit to LA United. And you can see why they're in the top three. Yeah. Um, so hopefully, yeah, a young can get some more, uh, get some more minutes off the bench, get off the mark. That would be, uh, that would be great. I think overall, when you look at it, you've probably, you know, you've been able to keep, despite having such a great year last year, obviously you want young players though to actually go on, go into the A-League, get opportunities, like you said, but still out of the, you know, more experienced core guys, everyone's kind of stuck around and you're still going to have a very strong team to, to push again and go for three in a row. 100%. I mean, I, I was thinking, to be honest, I thought if a young didn't get this opportunity, if he stayed on him and Gus up front with Aladdin mm. or whoever it was, mm. like, I thought we're actually going to be stronger this year, to be honest. Um, obviously, it does hurt a little bit that a young left, but we've still got adequate players. So we'll probably look at starting Aladdin and Gus up front this year. A uh, bit of pace, uh, lots of fitness. So our game plan remains the same with our pressing and the high-intensity football. So, uh, look, it's very exciting. Uh, the back four is basically the same, or back five, I should say, because it's always one of the three fullbacks that always interchange. So it's, yeah, I mean, Jai King was on a holiday, so he'll be back late uh, this season. He'll probably miss the first three, four weeks. Like dare I say, Charlie's had a broken toe, so had an interrupted preseason. Mm. So he'll be lucky to be involved round one. Um, so I think, you know, likes of Marveggio and Francese will get some minutes round one, definitely. They've had good preseasons. So it's exciting. Yeah, I think, you know, um, like you said, the core's there and Definitely think we're going to be pushing top two. I mean, anything less than that is a failure for us. So I won't hide from that. I haven't hid, hid from it for the last two years. So I'll continue to push that notion. But yeah, look, very excited. Um, it could be my last year at the club um, for obvious reasons, my age and uh, change of career. So very excited to hopefully uh, end it on a, on a great note. Yeah, okay. Let's bring in um, Antonis. What, uh, what do you think of uh, Adelaide City there? Their recruitment and I guess how they're how they're shaping up for uh, for three in a row. Yeah, well, you can't doubt them, can you? They've done it twice in a row. But I guess my kind of question is because you mentioned about Pez learning from the past with Adelaide with West Adelaide. How do you? He does his stuff, but how do you, as a playing group, and you as a senior player, Nick, make sure that the rest of the team don't get complacent that you do keep pushing for those top two positions? Because as back to back champions, it's human nature. You may. Mm sit back and enjoy it for a bit but it's just you can't really afford it can you no that's right and i mean it starts with pez he obviously drives that uh from the top that if anyone's not playing well enough or doing enough they won't be selected and they won't be playing but i think it's also that you know like you said it's human nature so as humans we also have to find a way to get through to each other and i think the main way is uh myself and matt halliday expressing how we've uh, been in situations where we haven't been able to win and we've had a many, many cup final losses and grand final losses. So we just explain that you just don't know when your next one is and how, how good you've got it until you don't have it anymore. So you've just got to enjoy it day by day. And I think that that's what drives the hunger and drives the desire to win, to be honest, Antonio. Mm -hmm. And going back to, again, you've won two in a row, you're going for three, is matching Campbelltown's feet from a few years ago, especially with them competing up, they're doing it against them. Is that a bit of a drive to wanting to match that record? And you saw how they've carried on for years. You want to have your turn in the spotlight, I guess? Yeah, definitely. I, look, it hasn't crossed my mind until you mentioned it, but I think that's something that, you know, I I work every day with a, a colleague who, David Palladino, a very close friend of mine, who actually has won five championships with LA City back in the day. So, and they won four in a row. So I'm not going to try and match four in a row, but I at least want to say to him, I've won three in a row. So 
it's more about uh, emulating the Adelaide City teams of the past and, mm-hmm. and not worrying about other clubs, but just being in amongst the great teams of our club because obviously our club is quite successful and just winning one championship isn't really good enough when you have ex-players that, that are friends of mine who have won five or six, you know what I mean? Even Pez himself, so. Yeah, okay. Um, and then um, I guess, yeah, three three in a row. I mean, it, it would be it would be an incredible feat. But do you think do you, do you feel like other teams have kind of you know really really done their business well in the offseason? I mean, we're going to get some in a moment. But do you think that you're going to be pushed right to the wire? Maybe maybe this year. Definitely, I think last year not not that it was a one off. I just think that it just clicked for us last year. Um, I think it's definitely going to be much harder this year. Um, I think a lot of good, a lot of teams have really strengthened. I think there's. I'll be honest, there's a lot of money floating around in the league at the moment amongst clubs. So I feel like they're really trying to uh, raise their own standards. I think we're quite lucky where we um, we don't have the biggest budget, but we've got the best best coach, obviously. We've had some of the best players and uh, we have um, the best ideas in the sense where we want to draw everyone to our club because of who we are. Um, I don't think it's so easy these days anymore because things have changed. But I think with the best coach in the state, like I said, potentially the country and then also the way our players have moved on to professional level I think it just shows that we are uh, a team that you want to play for if you want to make a career in football or just make the most of your own career at this level so um, I definitely think I think that it's going to be much more competitive this year uh, with the likes of you know I'll start from just to name some names Campbelltown Metro I still think Comets will be quite strong even though they've lost a bit of experience I think GT's uh, recruited quite well um, and I also uh, yeah it'll be I, I don't know too much about Adelaide United in the sense of who's going to be playing mm. earlier in the season but from what I saw last year they were quite quite good very very sharp so I'll be very interested to see how they go this year okay Johnny uh, let's bring you in as well um, because yeah I'm sure you got some questions for books um, you know I'll let you yeah I'll let you take it away what uh, what what do you what have you uh, got for uh, for Nick the human jock as well. Um, losing him, someone like Gus, he was great to watch at, um, last season. But do you reckon he'll replace this, the speed or the the space that the um, human jock had last year? Yeah, For you I think guys? He can. Uh, yeah, I think he can. He's it, it's different though because he he naturally is a winger, Gus. So Pez yeah. is trying to teach him the nine role. And uh, yesterday he scored a goal and he looked really sharp. He's super fit, super quick. He's got some nice dribbling ability. So. Uh, the different Ayum's very unique. Ayum is very, very uh, pace reliant, but also like just has this game awareness where he can nip in front of defenders and he's pressing and all that. So they're, they're quite different players. But Gus was def- is definitely obviously in line to um, to to take over Ayum. Um, but we're working with Gus, obviously trying to teach him number nine as well and some finishing and all that sort of stuff. But I've obviously been with him for two months now and I've already seen an improvement in him already. And I think uh, he's definitely, definitely one to watch this year for us. I think by the middle of the season, hopefully, fingers crossed, there's no injuries. I think he's going to be a big, big player for us. And there's a lot of, we know the other clubs have really stepped up their game this year. I think Metro Star is going to be up there fighting for top two position. Um, but does that change it for you guys or make it a little bit easier? Because the the everyone's kind of, everyone's still going to watch you because you're last year's champions. But does it make it a little bit easier now that the everyone's watching those clubs there and thinking they're going to do really well? Yeah, 
Yeah, I think, look, partly, yeah, Johnny, I think, um, I think that those clubs have put a lot of pressure on themselves to, with their recruitment and with what they're trying to do. So I think that sort of takes a little bit of pressure off us. And um, I think uh, the way like Metro have gone and got uh, James Tankolovsky or however you say his name, I apologise if I got it wrong. He, from what I've seen, he looks really, really tidy striker. And I think one position that has been very, very hard for clubs since I've been playing in this league for the last 12 years is finding an out-and-out nine that can score goals. And I think him, he he's a 15 to 20 goal striker that's level quite easily with Mark Marino. So those two clubs already have something that we don't have, and that's an out-and-out nine. So I think that's a bit of a, an advantage for them. But again, we have a system where we don't, uh, rely on those nines, so to speak. We share the goals around. So I think definitely, yeah, Johnny, you're right. It is a little bit easier, but also I think that as the champion team um, for the last two seasons, you're always the hunted. And even when we weren't winning, everyone always came to Adelaide City and wanted to beat us and say that they beat us. So, I mean, nothing changes for us, really. We just go about our business and and hopefully win more trophies this year. I think you will be up there. I think it's going to be hard for you guys. It's going to be between, I reckon, I know we're going to talk about the positioning later, but I've got you guys up there in the top three alongside Campbelltown and Metro. So I think you're going to be fighting with those three. It's going to be very close, I reckon. But I think... Well, it was very close last year with Campbelltown, of course, and I think they're going to be just as good. Um, But look, I mean, I'd be very offended if you said that I wasn't... We weren't going to finish uh, top two. So (laughs) I hope that... um, No, no, look, I mean... I'm used to it. I'm used to it. Well, I'm saying... I've actually put you down as equal uh, equal second with uh, Metro... Metro will be right underneath. <laughs> Get off the fence. <laughs> you reckon Campbelltown's going to pip us? I think so. I don't know. I'm just got that feeling, but it's hard this year. I think I've even got beer grade just up there as well, but we'll talk about that oh, later. Uh, Johnny, sorry, yeah, just just to quickly mm. let you know as well. I think that's a great shout. I, I, I mm-hmm. obviously mm. we obviously played against them yesterday, and I and I took note of uh, Josh Smith, the new coach, and mm. the players and what they're doing. And I think they're going to be a real dark horse this year. Mm. I think they'll make finals. Yeah. Mm. So what a big yeah. call! I, I, I liked what I saw. <laughs> I liked what I saw of them yesterday. <laughs> Are you going to let us know how many you put past them too? As you <laughs> I heard. I heard Nick. I heard you scored a great goal. That's what I heard. <laughs> No, no, no! I'm saving them for the season, but yes, I did get one. <laughs> well, Johnny, you're not going to ask uh, Nick about whether Pez got uh, him and Joey Costa back for the, uh, actually, the Gatorade incident at the grand actually, final. I've, I've actually written that down. For, you lucky you reminded me. Though. Yeah, yeah. There we go. I think once I wrote it down, it went left my mind. But yes, <laughs> I want to know: are you, Have you got it on the back of your mind, or has he got you back since then yet? Because we all know the grand final. I got a little bit of Gatorade on me, but Pez got most of it from you and Joey Costa. Has he uh, gotten you back yet from that occasion? He hasn't got me back, but he got Joey back to kick Joey out of the club. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 he would never do that. No, no, I'm joking. I just had to say it, but no, nah, not yet. He, I think he's saving it. He might be saving it for the next trophy, man. He, he might, uh, yeah. I don't know. You just don't know with that guy. Uh, he, he could get me any second. He might even be getting me now by the window. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's one that. of his, you know, it's one of his tactics, like you said, to guard against complacency. How can you get complacent when you know it can come from anywhere, anytime? Yeah. All yeah. I know is I'm not doing sideline next grand final you guys are in because I know I'm going to get covered in more Gatorade. <laughs> <laughs> well, especially now that they're sponsoring, there's going to be even more Gatorade to be had. Yep. It's going to be fun. <laughs> All right. Um, it's good flavoring. Yeah, I got um so Nick, obviously this week as well, uh, Football Australia released the uh the expressions of interest for the um for the national second tier. I just want to get your I guess and we're gonna probably touch on it with 
particularly a couple of other clubs. But your thoughts from maybe an Adelaide City perspective uh, on that? Um, I mean, you've touched on, you know, this could be a last year and stuff. So I'd imagine that's not maybe something that, you know, you're thinking too much about being a part of. But I guess for the, from a club perspective, what's, what's I guess, the feeling around that? Are the players have you talked about that um, at all? To be honest, Christian, no, the players, the playing group have not. Um, look, in the past, yes, but since the recent news, no. But when I mean in the past, I mean a couple of years ago. Um, I think so much change has happened in the off-season with our club, um, as you you might know, regarding board level and all that. So it's, yeah, I think the club's just sort of worrying about the near future rather than uh, the next couple of years. Obviously, the club's always desired to want to be re-enter the second division and be back on the national stage. So that's, uh, I wouldn't be um, hiding from that. But I just, I think we need to get our um, ducks in a row from a local local perspective from our club first and then we'll see how to strive to do that next whether i'll be involved yeah like you said i don't know whether it be a playing admin or whatever i'm not too sure i'm just worrying about this year playing so yeah i think the club will always want to do that um but i am hearing a lot of talk about other clubs around south australia like your metro stars and even bacala um who have expressed interest in the past so it'll definitely be interesting um, but yeah, I still think I'd still believe that our club's a little bit off uh, that. But hey, I don't know what the board are doing behind the scenes. They could have something up their sleeves. So I don't know. But from a, from my point of view right now, yeah, I, I don't think we're 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 ready for that yet. But I hope that the club one day does achieve that somehow. And uh, what about those new kits that were released this week as well? They look pretty nice. What do you think? No, I like them. They look they look nice. Mm. Some nice details in them. Um, you know, mm. obviously the Italian colours on there. Um, which is which oh. is fitting as well. So yeah, yes. Yeah. I think it's probably one of the <laughs> yeah, best kits in the in the league. I reckon. Look, I don't want to be biased, Johnny, but I think our kits every season are pretty good. To be fair, <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. They're, they're, look, I'm very happy with them. Um, I think the mint even looks all right um, with black shorts. So I, I really loved our orange away kit that we had a couple of years ago with the black. That was really nice. But yeah, very excited. I think New Balance of stuff uh, that it fits well. Didn't like the socks. They're a bit thin, but that's all right. A few of the boys were complaining about that. But the tracksuit, polos, everything's good. So it's exciting. And I think we're going to have a, a new kit for round one, a special one-off game heritage mm-hmm. kit uh, ready for West Adelaide round one, which would be cool. So just to describe it to the listeners, it will be a white-based shirt with a black and white sash across uh, the strip with red trim around the black and uh, white uh, slash so uh sash i should say sorry so that'll be cool um it's a a retro 70s kit that we wore against west adelaide once i've got a photo so that's going to be one to look out for and i think it's going to look really sick come round one hopefully we get a big crowd we've got to really promote that Mm. game because it'll be at service fm stadium so oh oh there you go So yeah, Nick's Nick's dropping some uh, some inside info on us in the uh, in the I'm first half an hour of this podcast. Christian, you're going to be getting a phone call from the media team not to release this podcast, I reckon. Yeah, <laughs> they don't know about it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Jeez, um, but uh, yeah, so yeah, Nick Booker um, with the with the inside info on uh, on the NPL. Um, but I noticed now it's been it's been about 24 minutes and we've only covered one team. So uh, let's get into. <laughs> I guess prediction for for Adelaide City. I'll I'll, uh, I'll stay stay true to uh to the results, I guess, and and say they will finish top in the uh in the um in the home and away season. Antonis, maybe I guess on the same lines or second. Oh, okay, Johnny, second. Unfortunately, um, I think that they will finish second this year. 
All right. But in saying that, I reckon I'll still make the grand final and do very well. There. Oh, you know, come finals, you can ask Campbelltown. Once you've been there and done it a few times, it's a whole different story. Mm. Mm. And I don't know if I don't know if we can put Nick in a position to uh, to predict his own team. Uh, so. Now, Christian, you know what? I will predict my own team, and I'll like I said to you today, <laughs> I'll do a top six. I won't do a relegation because I don't want to offend any teams. But yeah. yes, I do believe we will finish top at the regular season. Uh, and yeah, that's all I'll say because at the end of the day, that's where I want to be. So I'm going to predict it. All right. All right. Confident, confident indeed. Okay. Let's, let's move on. Uh, and we touched on this team a little bit in that conversation, but Campbelltown, uh, Campbelltown city, um, who fell at the hurdle before the grand final last year. Um, but they've, they've been busy. A lot of, a lot of exits though, in the off season, um, Louis Detroit left. He's gone to Cobras, Adam D'Agostino and Sean Harvey have gone to Playford. We just mentioned Nick Francesa there, who's gone, of course, to Adelaide City. Um, and they brought in Anthony Trimboli from from Croydon, which which seems to be an interesting buy. Now, Trey Williams was announced um, recently as he was going there, and then apparently <laughs> he's now moved to West Adelaide. So um, <laughs> that's that's I guess a bit of a transfer saga for the off season. Um, but I guess uh, Antonis, what's um, what's your read on on Campbelltown and and their business in the off season? Yeah, some strong ends, you know, losing players like Sean Harvey, Louis Troy is going to be always going to be hard, but they're a very strong team. You saw them last year under a new coach, you know, it didn't start as they expected, but they, I can't remember the winning streak, the winning streak they strung together, but it was very impressive. And, you know, many people will forget because City won the championship, but towards the end of the second leg there, they had them on the ropes. So they're a very good side. And second year under Matriciani, they're only going to get stronger, you'd think. That's who I'll go early. That's why I'm backing to finish first. I don't know about the championship, but I reckon the hunger of missing out last year, second year under the new coach, I reckon they're going to look a lot stronger this year and they're going to put a few teams to the sword. Last year, I think for a fair few games, they left it quite late to get results. I think they'll be aiming this time around to get those wins a bit earlier in games. Do you think it's kind of they have to make the grand final? Is that the expectation that they have to be? I think for Campbelltown, that's always the expectation, similar Mm -hmm. to City. It's not just about being thereabouts. It's about being the team. Okay, Johnny, your thoughts? Yeah, I definitely think uh, Campbelltown are going to finish top this year. Um, I know they've lost a few, but they've managed to retain um, some good players like obviously Alex Mullen um, and uh, Daniel Mullen. It's, it's some, yeah, I think they've still got that um, a, a good core squad that can still do well. And it's a couple of good ins. So I think they'll be able to come out firing. They, they got Matriciani did a very good job in his first season last year um, after coming up from uni, uh, LA uni the year before. So mm. he's got a, he's, this is his first time in a few years that he's stayed at the club for a second year. So I think he's only going to build um build on to this year and I think they'll just come out firing I think they had a really good momentum up until the the finals against LA City who were just too good at the end so I think they're going to just come out firing in the in the first uh in the first half of the season so I think that they'll finish top yeah and they've still of course got um Alex Mullen who of course took out the uh the Sergio Melter medal in 2022 as well um books what um what are you thinking about Campbelltown because obviously Antonis actually mentioned that those two legs um and he's not wrong i mean that second leg you guys were were really up against it right and then you you scored a pretty 
crucial goal, I thought, in, in the context of the game to equalize. And then, um, you know, uh, at the end there, um, getting getting the winner with with Charlie Devereaux to, to to end it as well. But what, um, what's your read on Camptown? I think they're going to be uh, very good this year. Um, I agree with Antonis. I think they're only going to get better after um, uh, Michael's first year there. So I definitely expect them to be battling again with us for the top two. Um, and like I said before, I think maybe Comets might fall off a little bit because it was a three-horse race for a little bit. I think Metro will be just there. So I, I definitely think uh, Campbelltown's ends with Trimboli. That's another good quality signing for them uh, after losing Louis Detroit. And Sean Harvey. So yeah, I expect them to be strong. Um, whether they, uh, whether they um, be as hard to beat as they were last year, yeah, I think so. I mean, obviously they're a little bit older than us um, in the sense where they got you know Joel, Dan, Alex. Um, obviously they've lost Sean, but I still, yeah, I definitely think they're going to be up there with us. Uh, it's always a battle against them. The hardest games I've ever played are against them, especially in the last three or four years. So. I totally expect them to challenge, and um, I just hope it's not as close as what it was last year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you what do you think as well about the um, that friendly with South Melbourne? I thought that was really really good. Obviously, Metro as well went to uh, went to Melbourne to do a friendly too. It was kind of, I guess, going back, and I'm probably going to touch on this a couple of times the second division stuff. But I mean, it was kind of like a little little window into how that could look with with two you know interstate teams actually playing each other in a game. Campbelltown flying over there for the weekend. Um, is that yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's good to see, right? Uh, club kind of doing yeah, that awesome. pre-season, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Campbelltown went, Metro went, and Beograd went, um, which is really good. Uh, good results as well. Obviously, you don't take much out of it. Last year, we played Heidelberg in our first pre-season friendly here, and they pumped us 5-1, but mm, we had heaps of, heaps of players out, and look what happened. We won the treble. So I don't really read into it much, but it's great to see uh, them play each other. And obviously, Alex Mullins got a beauty of a goal that I saw on Twitter um, mm. against South, which was cool. So... No, that especially at Lakeside as well, which would be I've always wanted to play there. So that would be, yeah, I think it's a great insight, great preview. We just got to see if it happens. I mean, yeah, it's a lot of talk, but not much action. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a fair comment. Um, any anything else, Antonis, Johnny, you wanted to mention about Campbelltown? No, I'm, no. Just, I'm, I'm expect I'm just looking forward to seeing them play this year. I reckon they'll be yep. yeah up there. And I reckon, like I said, with the hunger City has to match, mm. I guess that three peat achievement. I reckon that same hunger Campbelltown has to prevent it. So mm. <laughs> time will tell. Definitely, mm. I, I think they would be because uh, a lot of them were in that team. Yes, even exactly. Still, so I think 100. percent That's spot on, Antonis. Yeah, and uh, sorry, just to go back because you guys did ask me that second leg. That yeah, that was. That game was just incredible because I, I can't even like explain what it was like. It was back and forth. It felt like a fever we, dream. Just yeah, watching it was it. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I know, yeah, I can imagine like being a part of it. Like I thought we had control, and then we we didn't, and then we conceded go- like goals from set pieces, and then mm. yeah, somehow we got back in it. Jai, Jai scored the equalizer, then Charlie won it. So yeah, yeah, it felt to be fair. That that really felt for me the way that we came because we the first leg we played United in the cup and then we played that nil nil on the Sunday which was very very hard for us on the body and we struggled that day but that that game was a building block for us that we knew we were going to win the championship that year because no matter who we played in that grand final we knew that we had had the mental capacity to to beat whoever yeah. it was in my opinion because it was just the way we did it the way it all happened it just felt like it was going to be our year yeah. Okay, let's move on to uh, to Comets, um, and then we'll have Metro after that. So, Adelaide Comets. Um, oh, 
Actually, I've forgotten. Prediction for, for Campbelltown. So I'm going to say second because I said City top. So I'll go Campbelltown second. I'd imagine that means Antonis and Johnny, you're going to yep. go yeah, first. I think we kind of, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and Books, you've got them second. Yeah. Okay. Like me. So, insane. I'm um, happy if uh, Metro knock them off the top. I'm happy with yeah. that. As well, but uh, It's going to be very close. Like it's, it's a two-week competition. You know, with two weeks, you can go from being top to being... Mm talked about oh they're going to get a home final mm-hmm. and i think even the way we're talking about it as well it's it's shaping up to be probably one of the most exciting seasons as well because there's so many teams that can probably make it we just i think it's going to be um very entertaining to watch if it goes uh if it shapes up to what we're expecting yeah i've got an interesting yeah we'll get to it later i've got an interesting point around that i think personally i think the league might be a bit we've actually maybe got a bit of a defined kind of top four and then there's probably a little bit of a drop off yeah. and then maybe, you know what I mean? It's, but again, yeah. we'll probably talk about yeah. that maybe, maybe later in the podcast, but uh comments. So yeah, books, obviously they've got uh, George Sonis in as their new coach. who's was assistant, of course, Adelaide city last year. Um, Stav Galekis as well as an assistant coach. Um, mm. Thought mention him since, since you're on the pod, cause he as well was an assistant coach at Adelaide city um, back in 2021. Uh, and then also other signings. So you got, Nathan Demon, who's joined uh, from the MacArthur Bulls Academy, which is an interesting one. Uh, you've also got, and again, excuse me for my pronunciation on any of these if they're if they're wrong. Um, but you also Demo, got, by ben... the way, the Greek pronunciation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> I've been dreading them all day. Um, so we've also got Binyam Kabede, who has joined, uh, and he's ex uh, Adelaide United and United. Uh, Melbourne Victory youth player. So that should be very interesting. To see how he goes. We've also got Philemon Asefa, who's joined from uh, FK Beograd. You've got Ethan Kakafiris, or mm-hmm. Kakafiris, probably, is actually how you say that. Um, Ashton Ronaldo, who's returned to Comets from Adelaide United's youth setup. Uh, RB Molas as well from, again, the Adelaide United youth setup. And another interesting signing was Jack Yill, who's joined from West Adelaide uh, in the team that got promoted. So, um, yeah, at least, again, that's all the signings that I know of. A couple there from Adelaide United's youth team as well, Antonis, which I think was an mm-hmm. interesting one. Uh, Comets kind of doing some some poaching there i guess of, of some youngsters yeah it's all their ends are really impressive they've gotten much younger mm. and you know i think after it's not normal you know making four grand finals in their own losing all of them so i think you kind of need a shake-up you need a few faces that have not been through that so again they're all up and coming players impressive players and you know it really helps rejuvenate the squad under a new coach. So I really like the business. Again, I don't know if they're going to be right up there in the regular season in the ladder. I reckon they're going to drop off a little bit, but they're going to be exciting to watch. So it's a side that I really like what they're doing. Yeah. Um, and of course, in terms of departures, obviously, look, it's a new coach. So, you know, it's a new era. No more Barney Smith. So that's going to be interesting to see how they go with that. Um, we've already spoke about Gus Williams joining Adelaide City. Uh, also, uh, Marley McFall has uh, left as well. He's gone to Mobbury Jets. Um, and you also got Scott Nagel, who has joined uh, Metro, which is... Which and is Briscoe. Departure as well. And Briscoe, which is an interesting one because he was... He's gone to Cumberland, apparently, even though he was announced on the social media as re-signed. So, um, again, again, that's why I said at the start of the uh, at the start of the um, podcast around how things can change quite quickly in in NPL uh, NPL level. But um, in terms of expectations, uh, Johnny, I'll bring you in for this one. Um, what do you think about comments? Because Antonis mentioned there around how they've lost four grand finals in a row. So, I mean, when that happens, you probably think 
you know, fifth time of asking. Um, <laughs> this time they they should win it. Yeah, I. I think this year is going to be a rebuilding year for them now. I think they've got a youngest team now, new coach. Um, I can't see them finishing in the top. I don't. Um, I'm not putting them in the top four this year. I don't think they got Ooh. a great. They got a great team, but and great players in that team. But I just don't think they will be able to cut it um, this year. Um, yeah, because it's just they've lost a few good players, um, and I just don't don't see them coming up this year. But I do say next year they'll be even stronger. It just Rebuilding phase, new coach, younger squad, like Antonis pointed out, and I just can't see them getting uh getting there to the grand final this year. It's gonna to be too strong, too strong of teams outside of um outside of that that club that can just do a lot better this year, I reckon. So but I think they will play some entertaining football though, is what I'm I really feel they will. And they become a stronger as that article that Antonis just put out as well from my interview with Jaden Labasso. Last year they had that issue that um the, the story of Jed and Labar, so the, the t- uh, stuff he went through personally, I feel that they're come, becoming a really strong team. So I feel they're going to become, well, like LA City were last year, they're very strong. Um, I feel like there's going to be that kind of phase with LA Comets, but not this season. I, th- I feel like in a couple of years, I'll be one of the very strong team back at the top and uh, probably win the grand final in a couple of years' time. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, you mentioned it there and I was going to plug that. So obviously we've got a, uh, we've got a piece taken from, uh, Johnny's, uh, podcast, kicking it local, uh, podcast, uh, on Jaden Labasso's Comets defender, um, and his recovery from, from, um, Gwilym Bear. I think it's pronounced Gwilym, um, Bear syndrome. Um, Gillian Barre. Gillian Barre. There you go. See, uh, my pronunciation. If it's not Italian, um, then, then I'm in big trouble. So, um, there you go. Uh, and his, yeah, his recovery from that syndrome last year to actually come back, make finals. It's quite incredible. Um, and yeah, great interview from Johnny and great piece written by Antonis that went out today. Nick, did you read that? Did you catch that? I haven't <laughs> yet. No, I will. I always read Antonis' <laughs> stuff. You can ask him. Thank I you. always reply to I always read him. So, and I always listen to Kicking It Local as well. So I just haven't had time for that one. But I just want to say like, well done to, yeah, Jaden. That's yeah. Very, very, mm. such a sad story, but such a triumphant story at the same time. So it's so good to see him back uh, to full health and um, hopefully he has a big season. And I, I, I understand exactly where Johnny and Antonis are coming from because obviously GT at the helm now hasn't coached senior football for a couple of couple of years where he's at Olympic, you know, a new environment for him, uh, refresh the squad with some fresh faces and some young blood. Um, I think... Look, I mean, Christian, you could probably agree with me here. I think he's gone for the Paul Pezos blueprint of bringing in some pace up front with Kabidi and some younger faces to implement that pressing style of football, which he would now know and be very familiar with. And like Antonis and Johnny both said, they are going to be very entertaining this year. Listening listening to those names, I think they're going to be a very good team. Mm. Um, Obviously, it just depends on how quickly they can gel. Um, So I do see them being in the top six. I do see them being probably fourth um i think i think yeah me too yeah i I think comets have really uh built their foundations also thanks to barney and and the boys there uh from the past four years where they're going to be i think a powerhouse for the future you know i thought they'd slow down or drop off but they haven't and i think that's a kudos to their club because they they do give their juniors a fair go and and it's good to see and yeah i I still think they're going to be very competitive and very good and I think uh, George Sonis, I know his philosophies and the way he likes to play football. I think they're going to play some good football this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got him. I guess just quickly getting um, George in, 
getting Stav in as well? Is that a bit of a compliment to what you guys have mm. going at City that they've seen and recognise, you know what, we haven't been able to get there. Let's do what these guys are doing. Yeah, Antonis, I think it's more like, it's not like they've deliberately gone, let's get these two because of City. I just think that's just the way it's fallen and they've become mm. available. I think, you know, that they've just fit the bill, so to speak. And uh, yeah, definitely. I think uh, I wouldn't say, yeah, I think it's just a compliment to Pez. I think what a, what a, a remarkable coach and mentor he is to to people here in, in Adelaide at the local game. And yeah, yeah, couldn't speak highly enough of him as a coach. So yeah, def- I think you're you're on the right path with that. And Nick, are you surprised maybe that Barney Smith hasn't ended up somewhere else coaching, or you know, it doesn't seem at this stage anyway that that he's that he's um that he's going to have a job elsewhere? You know, no worries. Unless unless you've got unless you've got an inside information on that, have I forgotten? Have I forgotten? Boys, do you guys know where he is? I've heard whispers of where he is. Can you tell yeah, us? I've, I've heard that. <laughs> I I heard that he's close with what's his name from Burkala, but. Okay, no, yeah. So he's <laughs> no. with us, Christian. He's with us. Well, I, well, I did. I, hang on, hang on. Okay, okay. So I heard, I did hear that Barney Smith was at Adelaide City training sessions, but I just heard maybe that that was, you know, him kind of oh, just going there to to learn with Pez, get some ideas, this that, and the other. But if you're telling me that he's become the assistant coach, then that is very interesting. Yeah. So he, oh, you due go. to work commitments for him, yeah, he's now joined us and is uh, right. Pez's assistant coach. And uh, Pez has actually already given him a, a little bit of responsibility. And and but look, I'll be honest. I've got a good, re- really good relationship with Barney. He's mm. he's been fantastic, and I uh, always chat with him uh, at the training ground and and even just in text. He's a really nice guy, uh, very easy to get along with, and and understands the game really well. So he's going to be a very very good in for us. And mm. um, it's, yeah, he's been great so far. So very excited to work with him uh, after having a couple of chats with him in off seasons in the past. So yeah, it's 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 exciting. Yeah. All right. Awesome. There you go. Um, might have to call him Fabrizio Bucco at this stage because um, it's just <laughs> it's just inside information being dropped every two minutes. Um, all right, I think, I, think that's a great, I think that's a great signing for yeah. um, for Adelaide City this season to have him there, and I think uh, especially for Barney as well. If you can't beat him, join him. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> but it's I think it's a great experience. I think this it's really going to help him this season as well having him there. Yeah, okay, yeah, it freshens um, things up. You know, it's, mm. it's good for everyone. Yeah, it's all right, hundred percent, and that's yeah. that's the aim. Sorry, yeah, that was the aim as well for Pez. I think just to obviously not not have the boys get so uh, caught up in his voice all the time because a lot of boys have had Pez for six, seven years in a row. So mm. freshens it up. Yeah, I can no, imagine I he keeps you on your toes, anyways. So. <laughs> yeah, and and dare I say, I think um, Barney and Pez on the sidelines, some referees might need to um just just just, just yeah, be a little yes. bit careful with that. Um, um, get some to, to be fair, to be fair. <laughs> to be fair, and and if Paul listens to this at all, I'm sure he might, you know, contact me or whatever. But I, I've heard that Paul is not that bad with referees as you know what people maybe make make out. Um, so yeah, I, I will say that. He's not. Um, not. <laughs> he actually isn't. No, yeah. I've watched him on the yeah. sidelines. He's like really, really, uh, really good with them. So no, he's directed to his own, not the referees. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's to his, it's to us, the players. Yeah, that's yeah. It. Okay, um, Metro Stars. That's that's who's next. Um, now. Let's talk about their main acquisition in in the uh, in the offseason. Similarly, the Comets, a new coach, but not just a new coach, but a full time head coach and technical director and Danny Greystone, um, which is 
was really interesting kind of eye-opening um, acquisition when it came out. They've also brought in, and again, I'm going to list off uh, a bunch of names, and this time I think they look a lot easier, uh, just, just for a first glance. So you've got Austin Ayubi, um, Noah McNamara, who's joined from Adelaide United's youth, um, Michael Cittadini as well from um, Olympic. You've got Christian D'Angelo from Bacala, Ryan Veach from South Adelaide, Scott Nagel, who I just mentioned there before, of course, from Comets. Um, and as Nick mentioned before, James, uh, now here we go again, uh, James Termulkovsky, uh, who's joined, um, come over from Victoria uh, there. And also Luke Ospai, oh, in terms of outs, we've also got Luke Ospai, who's gone out to uh, Playford. Um, Tim Henderson has gone to Mobbury. Uh, Robbie Saraceno, who I guess we're going to talk about later, has joined as an assistant coach uh, with Croydon and Travis Dodd. Uh, Ariath Piol has gone to the Western Sydney Wanderers Academy, and he actually scored today. Um, for the Wanderers Academy, which was uh, pretty cool uh, in, in the NPL New South Wales. Uh, we've got Justin Davis, who retired, uh, and Philip Cash went to South Adelaide. So, yeah, lots of squad turnover for Metro. Um, now, the other one, actually, uh, Nick, Paul Blefari. Um, I guess you can give us an insight into into where he's gone. Because is he... Retired. He's retired. He's retired Someone as well. I've spoken to, yeah, I spoke yeah. to him late, yeah. uh, late last year. I actually got to call him. Thanks for reminding me. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I think I'm pretty sure he's done. He's he's called it. Yeah. Uh, just too busy with work. Um, and just a shout out to my mate Ryan Veach. Obviously very close with Veachy. Yeah. So uh, good to see him uh, still going, kicking strong at the jet tender age of 37. <laughs> got, it's a bit of a because Lewis Moss was also uh, obviously on the move and the uh, he, he took Ryan Veach's spot at South Adelaide which we'll get to later but I mean it's a bit of a goalkeeper mer- merry-go-round uh, in the uh, in the NPL I say as well but I mean a lot of a lot of turnover um, at Metro and that's kind of why I think they're not going to be necessarily I mean Johnny mentioned around comments them being in a rebuild I think Metro's rebuild is kind of starting now with this new head coach full-time coach as well so you know he's going to be really in day in day out looking at the club looking at all the resources how they can get better this and the other um and that's why i think for them it's going to be more of a long-term kind of project uh i still have them if we're saying predictions i still have them as third um behind uh, adelaide city and Campbelltown. but um yeah uh a lot lots of turnover and tonus with with metro lots of turnover and as you said like this is a building thing. They've been quite clear, if you've seen their Twitter, that they do want to be in this national second division. Yep. And they're making moves, like with Danny Greystone in as a full-time coach. It's what they're asking for, a full-time thing for footballers and mm. the staff. So they're building towards it. And I think they're another club that even though from the outside you may not think about it, but I think they fully expect themselves to be there competing in grand finals. So... I've got them third too, but I think like they fully expect themselves with the investments they made to be in the grand final. So yeah, I think they've got quite high expectations. It will take some time for them to gel, but like mm. like the comments, a lot of good talent coming in. We'll see how it all fits together. But I've got them third too. Mm. Yeah. I mean, they brought it, like, you got a lot of good young players. I mean, Austin Ayubi is a very good young player. Um, Noah McNamara as well, a young defender that they brought in. And then I mean, yeah, this, as Books has said, I haven't had, looked, had a look yet at, uh, at Timokoski, the striker, but he definitely seems to be coming with a bit of a pedigree. Um, so we'll see how he goes. And I guess, though, like with Cittadini, D'Angelo, I mean, Ryan Veach is obviously a stalwart. They've kind of surrounded it with still a little bit of experience and guys who know how to, you know, uh, know how to get it done, I guess, in, in the league. So it's going to be interesting to see how that goes. Is there any, Johnny, I'll bring you in. Is there any, um, 
expectation with with kind of what they're doing and and particularly with the second division that they really you know they have to be successful this year and and they really have to kind of um put out a bit of a statement i think the expectation is definitely to finish top three and probably make a grand final i think um is definitely what they're expecting especially bringing in a full-time uh coach in danny graystone is uh, yeah i think that's what they're expecting um, and they're taking themselves seriously as well this season, like bringing in a full-time coach. I know he's got other responsibilities as well, but it's leading them in towards getting into that um, that top, that national second division, which I know they've made it very clear that's where they want to be. Sorry, just dropped my notes. But um, but yeah, so I think they've made some great uh, great um, new signings. Tim Wilkowski is going to be great for him. Scott Nagel, he did well at uh, Comets. But um, I think Danny made a bit of a mistake getting Scott Nagel because if you look at his history, he's uh, made five grand finals in a row and lost all five, um, unfortunately. But that's not – or six, seven. Six. Sorry, seven. 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 No, seven. Six, 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 six. Sorry, oh, sorry six. six. <laughs> You're just predicting the future there. <laughs> six grand finals in um, – I knew, I knew it was thereabouts. But that's – um. That's uh, but I think that could break it. This could be the team that could break that Um, for Scott Nagel. Um, because they've got a, a very good aura around them. They feel, they're very positive. I know um, Antonis said they're going to take a while to gel. That's on the pitch. Off the pitch, I think they've gelled very well and very quickly. And I think they're going to have that great camaraderie in that club that can produce some great football and potentially some uh, silverware as well. So I think they're uh, putting them third only because Adelaide City and Campbelltown are that good, I think they're gonna. That's last season, and I reckon they're gonna continue to be that good. Um, but Metro, if it wasn't for Adelaide City and Campbelltown being so strong, um, I would have put Metro easily top. If you if you took them out of, I reckon they would have won it easily. But um, yeah, so I think they're gonna do well this season. Yeah, and Tonus, you, you've actually you've actually spoken to uh to Danny Greystone. So um, give us give us a bit of an insight into you know what what he's like as a character, what. You know, we can kind of expect mm-hmm. from him, maybe even from a playing style perspective. Got, yeah. yeah, big plans, big plans. Uh, if I remember correctly, you were very, very impressed by him. I was kind yeah, of like, uh, hopefully, hopefully he's not. You know, because we all mm-hmm. know Antonis is is a massive Paul Pezos guy. Um, and I'm kind, I was just kind of <laughs> hoping, you know, Danny has. Who is it in yeah. South Australia? But yeah, <laughs> no, um, impressive. And like you said, very long term thinking. And it's like you said, being a full time coach at the NPL, it's a lot more responsibility than just game day he's kind Mm. of going to be overseeing the whole club and Mm. bringing young players through which is you know we're in australia that's what you need to be doing it's not about winning silverware with campbell with uh, metro stars sorry it's about who you're going to produce you know for the good of australian football where you're going to see them tomorrow and the day after you see all the city boys getting around ayum it's not just because you want silverware with them but it's the club helped him get there you're Mm. proud of it so that's what we need more of, more clubs thinking like that. So I'm just very glad to see it. So all the best to them. Well, yeah, that, well, yeah, Johnny, yeah. I was saying, he was at Melbourne Victory for three years um, under multiple roles, youth, mm. um, youth team head coach and um, academy coach. So that experience coming in, just yeah, like Antona said, it's going to be great for their youth as well coming through the, the ranks here. Yeah and, yeah, and uh, just one question for you, Nick, uh, before we do predictions. But like, Obviously, we know Metro are doing this because they're they're looking at the you know the national second division and stuff. But do you think more clubs should maybe look at the route of actually bringing a full time coach who actually oversees all the operations of the club from a football side and actual development and juniors as well? Yeah, I don't see why not, Christian. I think it's a great idea. Just 
obviously the one thing that remains uh, uncertain in football in Australia is financial mm. freedom to do that. So, of course, it, it benefits everyone. It benefits the whole club, the juniors, the seniors, everyone. But it's just, yeah, not available. Like like I, I've always said to, like, I can only speak from what I experienced, but I wish I had Paul Pezos as a coach from six years of age to 19 years of age because I swear as hell I'd be a professional footballer in Italy learning from him after 13 years. But unfortunately, that's not the way it is here. We don't have access to those coaches like we do, like the Europeans do in England, Italy, or mm. what have you, like Croatia as well, who do a lot of youth. So, um, you know, of course it would be a benefit, but we've got just a long way off. We're just so far off here in this country that unfortunately it's all financial because everyone just wants to make sure that they're they're financially rewarded with with a job that they love. You know what I mean? Like it's hard to make a living off football and uh, people will only want to put in those hours if they are being paid a full-time wage. No, absolutely. Well said. Um, before we get into predictions, I think this podcast is slowly becoming, I think Paul might have to um, attach it to his next job application, maybe if he applies for an alien job, <laughs> um, because it's got a lot of good uh, recommendations yeah, I'm on not it. Doing it just, I'm not doing it just to get a game. I'm actually sincere. Yeah, no, 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 no. No, yeah, no. I, I know you are. I know you are. All right. Uh, uh, predictions, I'm going to say third uh, for Metro. So my top four yeah. then would be City, uh, Campbelltown, Metro, Comets. Yeah, I've got them third two, and my top four is Campbelltown, City, Metro, Comets. So pretty similar. Yeah. Johnny? Well, mine, I won't say my top four because I haven't got the uh, the fourth one out yet, but um, I'm putting them third. So Campbelltown, City, then Metro Stars, fourth is blank at the moment, and then Comets, fifth. Mm, okay. Uh, Nick, I'm, I'm sure they're, are they third as well for you? They are. I've, yeah, I've just got my top six here in front of me. Did I mention Comets before or no? Just I curious. So. I, th- I think you did mention no, them as fourth, didn't you? Or... Well, yeah, I, I have them written down as fourth, but I yeah. had I just remembered that I've got another team that I'm going to put as fourth and Comets fifth. So Adelaide City, yeah. Tom, second, Campbelltown, Metro. I can third. say it. I'll wait for fourth and Fifth, I but, think you um, and Johnny are on the same page. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know we are. I know we are. Feeling more confident now that Booker's the same as being was good. <laughs> I, I just want to say a couple of words about Metro. I think their their recruiting has been very good. Austin, so obviously they've got a, about three or four boys that I've played with. So Austin, mm. super, super young talent. Um, I think he can eventually get to the next step if he d- does the right things and has a big season, which I know he does the right things off the field. I just think he needs to put together a big season for himself. I don't think, I think he'll agree that probably going to Bacala last year, I know he played every game, but probably wasn't the best year for his development. I think he might might have benefited more from staying with us, but things happen in football. But now that he's gone to one of the big Eastern Suburbs clubs, I think he needs to have a big year um, to push to that next level. I genuinely believe he has the ability to do that. Um, he's a very tidy footballer. Obviously, looking forward to seeing Vici. Um, Nagel's a great, very consistent player, so that's a good signing. And I think, like I said before, JT, the striker, Tempelovsky, I think he's going to be a great recruit for them if he can stay fit. So that's why I have them third, because I believe that uh, when you have a striker like that, if he uh, scores goals, you're in with a chance to win a lot of football matches. So that's why I have them third. I think they've recruited well and they're going to have a decent season. All right. So that rounds out. Uh, I guess the top four discussion, which is clocked into almost an hour. Um, so we're going to get through, I guess, the next kind of eight teams a bit quicker. Um, so let's start with Adelaide United Youth. Um, and I'm kind of going in order of 
I'm going in order of where they finished last year. Um, so Adelaide United Youth is next. So the only signing which I'm actually aware of from Adelaide United Youth, I mean, Antonio's talking about this off air, is uh, Nathan Amanitidis, who's joined them um, from uh, West Adelaide. And he was also reported by Aussie Scout, who's uh, probably the only source more in the know than uh, the Nick on, on some of these transfers, um, <laughs> reported as uh, joining uh, Grimsby Town in England on a two-year scholarship oh. deal. But I think that fell through, and now he's come back here and he's joined that Adelaide United youth team. So that should be an interesting one. Um, yeah, there's always, though, young players with, with Adelaide who, who will come out of nowhere. And, and, and yeah, you know, I'm sure there was some guys in their reserve team last year who, who have got promoted and, and will definitely be ones to watch this year too. Um, and in terms of players lost, I mean, there's various players. I mean, we've, we've mentioned Noah McNamara just then, for example, going to Metro. There was a couple of players there who went to Comets and there's, there's a handful of others. So I'm not going to list every single one. Um, but in, in terms of Adelaide United Youth, Antonis, you, you follow this team very closely. So I'll let you kind of speak about them first because they were very competitive last year. Incredibly scored the equal most goals in the division with Adelaide City, uh, believe it or not, but actually conceded the most. Um, uh, just and, uh, it's yeah. scored 55, conceded 55. So yeah, like quite a uh, crazy, quite a crazy record. Um, and finished yeah. fifth. So I mean, they yeah. made finals though, which was which was actually a massive achievement for for a youth team to, to do that. It's just the story when you have a side of kids playing each and every week. It's very volatile. You know, some weeks you go and travel to the champions and you make them look second class all game and you are unlucky to only escape with a point. And then a couple of weeks later, you get smacked by seven, you know. So it's it just depends who's going to be coming in and out. We'll see boys like that are on the bench in the A-League come and drop down and play their role. It depends how they handle that. You know, they can be as good as they want to be or they can be as bad as they want to be. You know, before last season, they flirted with relegation for a couple of years. So you'll see, again, like usual, some very big highs, some very bad lows. It depends which way the results fall. So I've got them there on the knife's edge. Fifth, sixth, I think I've got them one, two, three, four, five. I've got them sixth. One or two bad weeks will have them seventh. One or two good weeks will have them a bit higher. So not an easy side to play against, but it just depends when you get them. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because, I mean, Johnny Yell, Luki Ivanovic, these guys, um, you hope, uh, not not you hope that they're not actually playing, but they're actually, you know, in around the, the first team, uh, of course, with Adelaide United and trying to get minutes off the bench there as opposed to maybe still being back down in the NPL and, and, and playing. Um unless it you know it does help their development of course Johnny Yell as we've mentioned a couple of times on this podcast before with that trial at Chelsea so um yeah it's going to be interesting to see how they manage that as you as you mentioned um I agree I've got them sixth as well um and yeah just some other players Musa Torre uh Kane Vidmar who Nick you can probably speak this he was excellent in that game last year actually mm, at uh what at I got, yeah, Tony Vidmar's um Tony Vidmar's son. Uh, and also Fabian Taladir is another one who uh is also another ex Adelaide City Junior um and is in the Joey's setup as well. So uh Johnny, what's uh what's your um what's your read on Adelaide? Yeah, uh, they're like Antonio said as well, they're a bit hard to read because it, there's it all depends on the Adelaide United season because some of the good players um from that team go up so they miss out on that and they have hmm. bad da- days and bad games. That's where they get they lose a lot and then they fall down the ladder. So I'm feeling like this, I don't know this year, it's going to be hard for me to predict an AUFC um, prediction, but I think they're going to finish around the seventh or eighth mark this year, just miss out on finals. They did very well last year to get that far. And they could have com- uh, convincingly beat Metro stars in the finals to knock them out. But um, 
that one of the, the key players was Ethan Allegic in that game. And now he's, I think he's too old for the squad now as well, but he's now got his place firmly locked in uh, LA United's mm. uh, A-League team. So I feel like this this year is going to be, they've got some good young players, but I don't know. I think they're going to fall around the uh, seventh or eighth mark this year on the ladder. It's going to be hard hard for American. It's hard to predict LA United. Yeah. It's, they're just a big game of mentality. You know, it's obviously mm. you're playing against men every week. It's physical, but it's mentality too. Imagine yourself when you're in year 10, 11 and 12, going every week and playing against mm. semi-professional players that have been doing it all their lives, you know? Mm. So it's, it's just how it falls mentally. And then one good win can have you playing a great month of football and when one awful loss can have you playing a month of awful football. So it's just... Like you said, it's very volatile. And talking about mentality as well, Ethan Allegic had the best mentality last season. And um, I think if a lot of players had that kind of mentality that he had, um, they could they could be a, a force, you know. But it's, yeah, too hard to predict. It's so many changes in that squad, mm. which is a good thing for local football. But, um, yeah, too hard to predict, I think. Yeah, right. Uh, Nick, you, yeah, so I referenced that game when when you guys drew with, mm. with them last year, 3 all. Um, and probably lucky to uh, at Adelaide City Park last yeah. year. What yeah. what's I mean? Talk to us actually, because I'm sure we've probably got some Adelaide United fans who are going to listen to this podcast as well. Uh, following the first team, so talk to us about some of the guys you've come up against, maybe in that team. Who impressed you? You know, the young players. Who's who do you think? Even even Johnny Yao, Ethan Allegich, these guys who are already getting some minutes in the first team. What do you take on yeah. them and 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 this squad? I'll try and keep it brief because I know we yeah. don't have much time in the yeah. sense where we've got a lot of other teams to cover. And to, I agree with a lot of what Antonio said and Johnny about how it's so volatile. Um, just to fit, I, I've got them in my sixth. I've got them as sixth because I just think that if they maintain the quality that they've had the last two years, I just can't see them not winning games. Like they just last year, I was so impressed by their pace, um, their determination, the way they push the football around, and just that their tenacity. Uh, the first game we played them, we batted them up at Mount Barker. We had 10 men for because Yum got sent off for mm-hmm. 60 minutes and we still destroyed them. But the second game was just chalk. It's completely different. Nestor was ridiculously quick. Got about that. Yep. <laughs> Manda- like, I know I'm speaking because everyone's already seen Mandania, but from that game that I mm. saw, I was like, bro, you've got some something serious mm. here. Like, you can do... You can become, you could be an A-League player, no problem. Like, he's got the strength, he's got the touch, he's got the pace. So, it's no surprise for me that he did so well on his debut. Um, and I still think there's going to be a lot more to come from him. Ethan Alley gets very comfortable on the ball, looked really good. Kane Vidmar, very comfortable on the ball. And they had a few other, Johnny Yale didn't play against us last year. He was away. So, um, those are the four that really stood out for me. Even Kabidi from, that went to Comets, he, he wasn't bad either. So, it just depends. It's all dependent. And Assad, how can I forget Assad? Obviously, my ex teammate. Yep. So I don't know what's going to happen with him. His contract runs out in the summer. So, uh, sorry, in the winter for us here. So I don't know whether they're going to keep him on or he's going to go elsewhere. So it just depends. It's like you said, it's so volatile. It just depends on how much quality they keep, um, who, what these new kids are like coming through. Um, so with with me thinking they're going to be similar to what they were last year, I've got them in my six. Um, but those boys that I've mentioned are the ones that really stood out for me last year, and I was very, very impressed with them. Yeah, so Nick's gone six. I've got six. Antonis, six, six as well. And yep. Johnny said seventh or eighth. And yeah, I think John, seventh, yeah. yeah. Do I need to give you an actual answer or can I go both? What, seventh, eighth <laughs> range? Yeah. <laughs> I'll say seventh, eighth because the other one, there'll be another one, seventh, eighth as well, I reckon. Yeah. Okay. All right. You're gonna yeah. You're gonna group them together. That that's easy. Okay. Uh, let's move on to Croydon. Um, because 
This is yeah, Antonis, you've talking you've spoken about this team a little bit, and you kept on you kept on saying these guys are one striker away. They're one striker away from being kind of up there. Um, but let's talk about the signings that they made because I don't think they've kind of addressed that issue if I kind of look at the business that they've done. But Tom Viss has come in, Connor O'Reilly's another one, uh, Vian Kurukamana, of course, is another one too, was briefly at Adelaide City last year. Um, and Robbie Saraceno as an assistant coach, I think is worth mentioning as well. But in terms of outs. And this is the worrying part, I think, Antonis, to, to something, you know, when you want to talk about the one piece away. Well, they've actually lost. John Hall is a massive loss. He's gone to Dandenong uh, in Victoria. Um, Anthony Trimboli, we spoke about earlier, to Campbelltown. Uh, Joseph McCade is another one who's gone to Mobbury. And Jared Clark is another big out who's gone to uh, who's gone to Beargrad, who we're going to talk about in the moment. So, um, yeah, not... Um, I'm a little bit... I'm a little bit underwhelmed, um, to be honest. I, I just thought with... Robbie Saraceno going there, Travis Dodds there. There's a bit of a good coaching team happening there. And then I thought they might have made, just they might have held on to at least Trimboli and then brought in another attacker with a bit more experience to kind of add to that. Antonis, what's what's your thoughts? Yeah, kind of agree with you. Um, we'll see what Vissa and Vian can do because they'll definitely contribute attacking-wise. Vian should score a few goals. But again, their season was really built on how well they defended. It just really depends now. Losing Jared Clark, who for me is one of the better centre-backs in South Australia, and your goalkeeper in John Hall, if you can't hold on defensively like you could, like there's no real point getting slightly better attacking-wise. So mm. we'll see. They should still be solid, a hard game for teams. I don't know if they have enough goals on them yet. I've got them just outside the sixth and seventh. Yeah, okay. Uh, Johnny, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I've still got I got them in seventh as well. They they could be a good team and make the finals, but they've had yeah they've had a few big outs. Um, obviously Trimboli is a huge out for them. Um, and also Hall, one of the best keepers in um in South Australia, and he's he's gone to Melbourne now. I think he's gone. I don't know if, he, if he's playing um for a club yet, but he's um he's left. Yeah, them. so you got Dandenong City. Dandenong was, City. Yeah, sorry, yeah. you did say that. Um. Oh, sorry, I was right. Check, just double checking my notes. But uh, Kurukman um, is great in, but they've got a few injuries um, heading into this season, so it's going to be hard start for them, I think. Um, but with a new facility, um, a new assistant coach with um, with Travis Dodd having uh, bringing in uh, um, Robbie Saracino as well, I think that's going to be a really good mix there because everyone knows Robbie and um, Travis. They're very good mates. They work well together. So I think they're going to have that great um, relationship um, as coaches, and I think it should filter into the players, hopefully. Um, so I think even bringing um, Robbie in as well, his experience is going to help. I think in the coaching sense, they've done a great job recruiting um, recruiting there, but playing-wise, I don't I don't think they're going to be as strong. They're going to struggle a little bit, but I've heard rumors that they've got a couple of imports coming in. I can't remember who, what positions they were in, but um, they've got a few signings, I think, coming still to come, I think. Um, did, did you hear that, Nick? Did you hear that? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Ooh, all right. No, no scoop on Croydon, unfortunately. <laughs> well, I, don't, I don't know exactly. Johnny, Johnny's got sources placed in a different location. There you go. <laughs> I don't know exactly, but I'm hearing stuff, but I don't know exactly on anything, but I just feel like they'll, they'll, Christopher Vivian is still, um, I don't think he'll be ready in time for the season start. He's a great player as well. Once he's back, I think the club's going to do um, do a role, but I'm still got, I've still got them. I think they can do get finals, um, get into finals, but I'm placing him seventh because at the moment, looking at the the starting, um, looking at the the way the other teams have uh, prepared themselves, mm. I feel like it's going to be hard um, to to try and sneak them somewhere in that top six. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they 
how they cope this season. But I think Travis Dodd and Robbie can do it and get the team um, playing some, hopefully some good football. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Nick, one last point on them before we move on. Are you looking forward to playing at the new Polonia Reserve? Yeah, for sure. For sure. I drive past it all the time on my way to work. looks good. Um, always have battles against them. Uh, clearly, their squad has weakened a little bit uh, from the ins and outs that you've just told me. I think Vian and Visa are going to be very good ins. They're, they're quite talented young boys and they'll bring provide some energy. But losing that sort of experience and a number one goalkeeper like that is going to be very tough. Uh, I don't have them in my six. Uh, I, from what I've seen in preseason, in terms of results and what I'm hearing, they are struggling a little bit. But that's preseason. No one mm. takes it serious. I don't. But you know, you need to get some momentum. You need to get a little bit of momentum. So let's see how many players they can bring back. I, I'm not giving them a position because I'm only doing top six boys. I don't want to offend mm. any teams outside yeah, of the right. six. So, um, but yeah, I, I I don't see them being as strong as what they've been. But they are always tough to play against and they are always a, they always provide a battle. So they should have enough to to potentially push for the six. Yeah, I, I'm I'm gonna say ninth, um, which is probably a which is probably a big uh, big prediction. It's just because I think two massive outs, and I also think they haven't really addressed. I mean, unless Vianca Krukamana or or Visa comes in and they're kind of just breakout players. I, I just can't see how they're going to get enough goals to get into the six, to be honest. And I also think there's other teams around them from last year who have improved. So um, I've, I've got them in ninth. Uh, Antonis, prediction? Seventh. Seventh. And Johnny? Yeah, I got him in seventh. In seventh. Okay. Um, so yeah, if uh, any Croydon supporters or anything are listening to this, then um, I'm, I'm probably in trouble. We saw yeah. how Travis did it last year as well. They were struggling towards the end. We didn't think they were going to make finals. And then they, right at the last minute, they got the, the sixth place. So mm. I feel like it will be a similar situation um, this season. And uh, yeah, and the new facility looks amazing. I feel like that's mm. going to bring a new feel to the club as well. So once that they settle in, it's only been a few months they've moved in. So once they settle into that, that could just change everything. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's talk about FK Beer Grad because I think, um, I'm, mm. from what I'm gauging, I think Johnny and Nick are really keen to talk about these guys. So, um, ins for for Beer Grad. So, Josh Smith has signed on now permanently as head coach. Um, of course, after Damian Murray uh, left to left Adelaide United, he was just interim uh, in charge for a little bit there. But he's uh, yeah been promoted um, from from assistant. Co- uh, assistant to to head coach um yeah and he worked with worked with the mariners uh a couple of years ago in in their a-league setup um so yeah a bit of background on him but as we mentioned before jared clark is another one um they've also brought in um peter akot from south adelaide you've also got muhammad here we go muhammad motashami from uh brisbane's under 23 side brisbane raw under 23s which is an interesting one uh colin morris from cumberland adam lee and bruno which i think is a decent one uh from olympic uh, Donnie Pollock from South Adelaide. Uh, Josh Murray has technically re-signed for the season, but he was briefly, of course, Adelaide United, and he's just come back to uh, to White City uh, or Beograd. Uh, you've got Damian Lulich as well from Olympic, and Jared Abitou is the other big in, which they've got from Green Gully in Victoria. Of course, briefly played for Adelaide United uh, a few years ago as well. In terms of outs, um, a big one in terms of experience was Shaheen uh, Nujame, who's gone to Western Strikers. Uh, Philemon Asefa, as I mentioned earlier, he went to Comets. Isaac Mullen has gone to Playford. Um, and we've also got uh, Evan Cunavellas, who's gone to Adelaide Victory. And Jordan Puddler has gone to Cobras. Um, and that, that those two are, are very close with, of course, Nick. So, um, yeah, we've also got various others who have left too. But, um, yeah, definitely some impressive ins. Um, Johnny, let's let's start with you because you seem to be very impressed by these guys. 
Yeah, I think they're going to finish top four. Um, I think, think they'll finish four, and this is my big call as well. I think this year finish four, they're going to make some great recruitments at the end of the season, and they're going to, I reckon, finish top two and probably win will win the grand final, make the grand final next year in 2024. That's my big call now. Wow. Um, wow. I might get shot down for that, but um, we'll see what Twitter <laughs> says about that. But um, I'm just excited about the team, I reckon. It just feels like they got, um, especially they're going to be under lights this season as well. And uh, they've got brand new um, lighting at uh, Frank Mitchell Park. And anyone that's been to um, Frank Mitchell Park with um, uh, to watch the, the um White City at or any game there. I went there for Cara George F Cup and that was under lights as well. It's a different mm-hmm. atmosphere there. It's very hostile, I feel, for some uh away teams coming. So I feel like they're gonna build up a really good uh feel there on a Friday, Saturday night, because the Serbian community get around them. Um, so that's where I'm coming from is in that area. And also the recruitment of Jared Clark. He's great. He's worked with Joshua Smith before because um, Joshua Smith also has done some work with the Vanuatu um, national team as well. Yeah, and it's where the, um, the the link came in with uh, with um, Brian Kautak as well. Yeah. So I think that's going to be really, really good there. And I feel like there's just Joshua Smith. I think I was a bit worried when Damien left last season and went to LA United. I wasn't sure where it was going to be, um, whose hands was going to be left in. It was going to be in good hands, but. Joshua Smith has got a great pedigree. He's, I think he's ready. He's going to do something very special with this club. And I finish, think that will be playing a, a good brand of football and finish top four um, this season. And having Murray back as well, I'm not sure if he's going to be starting at the beginning of the season, but um, I, he will be great to uh, to to see in the, back in that squad as well. I just I just feel like they've done well off in the offseason and uh, just everything off field as well is going to work well for the club this year. Yeah, uh, Nick. Of course, he scored his best goal last season at um at Frank Mitchell Park. So um, yeah, you know, um, he, you know right. second, second best goal, mate. <laughs> Which one was what the best? So, oh, it's the free kick. The free kick. Oh man, yeah. grand final day. Come on, of course. Yeah, how can I forget? <laughs> how can I forget? Um, but um, <laughs> Nick, what's your? Because you played them. You played them, of course, yesterday. Mm. So uh, what? What do you think? Because you you mentioned earlier that you were impressed. Very impressed. Yeah, Josh. Uh, uh, Josh worked uh, with me and us at LA City in 2018 with Damien, so that was one of his first experiences with Damien. So I've known him quite well since then, uh, and he worked close with Pez for th- two or three years, I think, at LA United Youth. So his background is very solid, as Johnny said. Uh, very good ideas. Very good guy. So um, I think the the boys are very happy with him, from what I'm hearing, um, and uh, the the ins that he's got. They've got some good quality. Um, with some very good boys in and around the middle of the park and the spine. So I was quite impressed yesterday. Obviously, his tactics are going to be spot on learning from Pez and Damien. So I have them as fifth, and I say that because I just think they're going to be a very solid squad, very strong, uh, tough to beat, especially at home. They're going to be super, super hard to beat. They were super mm-hmm. hard last year. I feel mm-hmm. like they've only got better with some of their ins. So I definitely think they're going to be some improvement from them this year, uh, and I saw that firsthand yesterday. So... Uh, I'm I'm predicting a big year for Beograd, and I, I I don't see why they can't kick on from here on. As Johnny said, they have a, a strong basis down there, and it seems like a great club. And all the boys that I know there that have been there for a few years now I, I thoroughly enjoy themselves there. So yeah, yeah, I've got them as fifth as well, um, and I think they'd be a little bit disappointed that they just missed out on finals last year. So I think that that will probably be driving them a little bit as well. Um, so Nick's got fifth. I'm going fifth. Uh, Antonis, what's your what's your thoughts? Yeah, really impressed. Similar to Comets and Metro, it's just you see all these ins and you're like, wow, this is impressive. They're going to play some mm. good football. 
Only thing is, which I know Nick and Adelaide City would be used to this as well with high, I guess, standards and high expectations and ambition in a lower league like this, a lot of interest comes as well. And that can hurt you when they come and pick up players from higher up, which is what hurt them last year because they had Kaltak and Cooper Nunn its mm. centre-back. They were looking like playing finals and then suddenly in a week, they had no centre-backs left. They had mm. to play, I remember... Jordan Padler was playing centre-back. Um, so that's what hurt them last year. So if they can keep their squad together, they're definitely playing finals. I've got them fourth. But again, sky's the limit for them too. I tend to agree with the guys, though, that maybe in future years, if they can keep the squad together, they're, guys, they're only going to get stronger. Like we're talking about Campbelltown this year, that they had a very good year last year, and they're only going to get better this year. But yeah, fourth for now. But again, you don't want to play them. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Also, yeah, Johnny. Nick, yeah. I mentioned about the. I think they're going to be um, the, the their home grounds will be a little bit hostile for uh, away teams to go. How do you feel going there this year, um, at playing under lights as well for the first time um, in a long time, playing at uh, Frank Mitchell Park like that in front of their crowd? Yeah, de- oh, definitely, man. A very raucous crowd. Um, but I think it's look as an away team, you, you actually enjoy it because look, us personally, we we've struggled the last. Well, in the past, we've struggled. Probably 2021, we got our crowds back. And then last year, we struggled a bit again. But to play in front of a crowd is always awesome. So, yeah, definitely. Uh, it's it's definitely fun down there. I, I don't like playing down there. The pitch is quite small. Um, it's especially when it's brought in. Uh, yeah, especially when it's brought in. <laughs> but, um, look, I think Josh will change that this year because he'll want to play. So hopefully it's a, it makes it a little bit easier in that sense. But definitely a tough place to go. And uh, looking forward to it. Yeah, um, yeah. Obviously, Damien's not there, so the the pitch won't be brought in. Um, yeah. All right. Let's um let's also move on because I'm aware that that Nick wants to watch Napoli apparently, who are playing in about half an hour. So uh, we better we better move through the teams. Hey, as long as we're boys, anyone else got any? Uh, I'm good, enjoying it. <laughs> um, all right. You might hear some fireworks at any moment now. I think there's a there's an Italian festival not too far from me, so you might hear the fireworks any moment. Yeah, yeah. There's that too. I thought um, Christian was going to let the fireworks off with another prediction, and his his house is going to get bombarded <laughs> by angry supporters. <laughs> um, well, actually, I might I might make a bit of a bold prediction here with this team, but uh, Sturt Lions um, is next. Now, again, their information isn't ex- accessible as other clubs, so. The only signing that I'm aware of is Marcus Orchard uh, from Raiders. Um, unless, again, you know, uh, Mr. Mr. NPL Insider <laughs> over here, Nick Booker, has got any more information. But, um, yeah, Orchard's the only one I'm aware of in terms of signings. And the only one in terms of departures I'm aware of is Ben Woolard, who's gone to Playford. And, by the way, Playford, just listing all of these departures have actually gone to Playford. They've made a lot of signings um, in the offseason in terms of state league level. But, um, yeah, what's... Antonis, what are your thoughts on Sturt? Um, because... Um, yeah, I don't know. They they had a bit of a bit of a weird year last year. Didn't really yeah. kind of they, they were so good in 2021, right? But then it was just a bit of a mediocre year. Both them and South just fell off after an amazing mm. first year, didn't they? I was just I was very disappointed that, you know, as a side, you they got their new home and they got all this stack of home games together, and you're like, they're just gonna push on here and they might just push up and play finals or something. But they just couldn't buy a winner home, could they? At the which is a fantastic new home. So that's what disappointed me. They have a very decent squad. So I don't know. You know, it's something didn't click last year. They're more than capable to play finals, 
but you know not getting all that information i don't know you know you can't yeah. really make a good read of it yeah i've got them out of finals i think i've got them like nine for tenth mm. but you know i would not be surprised to push on in the challenge because they've shown they can but i don't know yeah i've got i've got them tenth so um yeah, basically, I mean, Antonis makes a good point. You can't really say too much based on, you know, limited information and particularly we haven't really seen them play yet. So, uh, Johnny, what's your thoughts on Sturt? Um, I think last year they they, they had a good had a good team, um, good some great players there, but I just feel they were hard done by last year, not having their um, the, a place to train properly. Um, the home ground wasn't ready for a very long time and they had to, they were forced to play away from home and train away from home. So it was a lot different for him last year and took, I think that's what um, hurt him a bit. Um, but this year, I think we don't know too much about what's what their changes um, are to this team. If, if it's not, there hasn't been many changes, they've kept core, uh, their core squad, which is probably a good thing for him. Um, but we'll see. I don't know. It's hard to predict this season, but I'm not going to give him a place because um, I don't, I don't know where I would put him. Um, they could be one of those teams like at Croydon that might, be playing for finals. I think it's going to be so tight this year. I think we're going to have a top six and a, a bottom six that are just going to be, it's just going to be so close. I think that's how it's going to be this year. Um, mm. I think it's still, it's going to be in that not bottom, bottom, but like bottom in mid, mid tier kind of team. Yeah. Yeah. A bit higher up though in that, in that tier. Yeah. I'll be careful what I say about some clubs as well. Um, moving into these bottom six, because uh, I've got to interview some of the coaches ahead of the season. So <laughs> Uh, uh, I actually think they're going to do okay this season. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. I'd be interested to see what they're kind of thinking internally because obviously they did, like I mentioned, they had a great year uh, a couple of years ago and then it kind of just fell away last year. So I wonder if they're just expecting to be, yeah, to Ooh. bounce back into the six. I've got to say it's going to be very competitive. So I've got the best um, pitch in the, in the, uh, in the league. Yeah. I think. So yeah. I think they're going to, it's got the best pitch. Hopefully we'll see the best football as well from them. And Lino's a great coach as well. So mm. yeah, I think, I think got good, good. Um, yeah, I think I'll be all right this season. Yeah, Nick, Nick, any thoughts on Sturt? Yeah, they're a good little club. Um, they've played some good football. I think the only criticism I really have since they've come back in is that they haven't made enough changes. So they don't mm. make changes to push on to the next level. They've just mm-hmm. kept it. Look, credit to them. They've kept everyone together, and that's what mm. they reward all their loyal players. But unfortunately, at this level, you need to make changes and freshen it up and bring in some. So, uh, what's the word I'm looking for to to rejuvenate um, ambition? Yeah, and then yeah. bring some players that have ambition to to mm. go win something. Like, of course, they want to win something, but sometimes you need more. Um, and that's probably the only thing they're missing. They're probably just missing some fresh faces that can really kick them onto the next level. So, uh, yeah. I see them. I see them because they are so well drilled as a unit. I think they survive clearly. Um, but yeah, to go to that next level like they did in 2021, they were so close to meeting mm. us in that GF. And I was actually mm-hmm. really surprised that they didn't, to be honest. They need, they had comments on the ropes that game. Mm. Um, that they, yeah, they just probably need to add some more quality to really take the next step. I think they can learn something from City and how I think you change every year, even though you're winning it, you just keep pushing on. And I think, like you said, after reaching that height, it's kind of like we've made it now and you face the reality a few months after. Yeah. Okay. South Adelaide's next. Um, signings for South Adelaide. We've got, um, yeah, so Anthony Rideout has is now become permanent coach. Again, was was interim um, towards the end of last season. Uh, Lewis Moss has joined from Olympic. 
You've got Thomas King from uh, Cove who's joined, Connor Higgins, and Philip Cash from Metro is another one. Uh, in terms of exits, one I mentioned before, uh, Donnie Pollock has gone to Beergrad, uh, Ryan Veach, as we mentioned before, to Metro, and Liam Wooding is another one who's gone to Olympic. Um, so, yeah, that's an interesting one. Um, I, I'm i going to say straight off the bat, I'm, I'm predicting South Adelaide to finish bottom. Um, I'm not I'm not very uh I'm not very impressed. And I think that if you look at some of their results last year, they they got killed in a couple of games, um, like battered. And I just think uh, it's kind of similar to what Nick's saying. I think the squad's really together. And I mean, look, we would have to say with South Adelaide, where the club's based, it kind of does contribute a lot to to the players who play there. You know, if you if you live down south and stuff, then you're gonna kind of play for South Adelaide and you're not really gonna move from there. Makes sense. But I just think that, you know, I'm looking, again, I'm looking at what these other clubs are doing and even the clubs who have come up. I mean, we'll get to Mobbery in a second, but I think Mobbery have done some some really good, some good business, but they've also retained some some really, um you know, important players as well. Um, and I just think, um yeah, South Adelaide, if I had to, you know, and it's a tough call, but I just think that they might get relegated this year uh, and, and finish bottom because I just think that, that some of those results last year and the inconsistency, the, the drastic inconsistencies as well that they had were, were kind of eye-opening. Uh, Antonis, what are your thoughts on South Adelaide? Yeah, I tend to agree. I've also got them going down. Again, mm. the squad, as it looks, I don't think it's enough to stay up. As you said, they've had a couple of very bad days last year and it's especially even more evident when um, Alex and JJ are not giving them goals and assists every week. So they're going to be there playing well, like they usually do. They just need someone to support them. And it's going to have to be some of the young players. So we'll see what Anthony can put out there. Some of these young players will be given opportunities. And if they're to stay up, they're going to have to produce. Mm. So currently, I don't have them staying up. Are they capable? I think so. But again, there's a lot of work to do to stay up. I think they're fighting an uphill battle. Johnny, your thoughts? Yeah, I agree everything with Antonio says, but I don't know. Like I just said before, I don't know if I can place any of those the bottom the bottom six to four teams. It's hard for me to place. I don't know who's going to finish bottom two. Um, but if you if I, I I can see why South LA might finish bottom two, but it's going to be um yeah I don't know Anthony. Uh, hopefully you see a different change from Anthony. We saw him what halfway through the season last year he came in. Yeah. So I think a full season now as full time uh, not full time but like as a a permanent coach mm. might see something different from the club. It's hard to predict what they're going to look like going into this season, but um, yeah, hopefully they need a good start. I think to to kick them off. Yeah, I mean, uh, Nick. I mean, South Adelaide's always a tough team to play, though, particularly away from home. So, I mean, that they, they've always got that reputation of being, you know, very tough, very physical, very hard to beat. So that they they can always rely on that, right? For sure. But I think one thing that's I think it's hurt them a little bit is the artificial. I think it helps the teams going down there because mm. it becomes that you get that comfort when in the past you just don't know what you're going to get from the condition of the pitch and then how do you play on it and the wind and all those. So I think they've sort of lost that impetus, but good on them for wanting to promote themselves to be a, a good footballing club. So mm. it's going to be tough. I'm just happy, happy that we're playing them round two uh, away on a Friday night in the summer. So um, <laughs> I'm happy about that, to be fair. Nice. Hopefully it's a hot night and... Uh, get it out of the way, no win. So, um, I think, yeah, look, I mean, it's hard to say. Uh, they might struggle, um, but yeah, it, it, it's, it's a lot of unknowns because I don't really know how much some of their players. So, let's see what happens. Mm. All right. Uh, Olympics next. This is an interesting one. Um, again, 
Only signing I know of, I just mentioned him this then, uh, is Liam Wooding, who's probably a pretty decent pickup, uh, to be honest. And in terms of outs, though, they've lost a few. Adam Liam Bruno, as I mentioned before, has gone to Beograd. Uh, Damian Lilich also to Beograd. Lewis Moss, who I just mentioned there, to South Adelaide. Chittadini to Metro. And you also got another one, which was Panagiotis uh, <laughs> uh, Manadakis, who's gone to Eastern. Manadakis. So uh, uh, there you go. I, I probably Say how it's spelled, brother. Say how Manadakis. it's spelled. I, ha- I have. You know what You know what the problem is here as well, is that my handwriting's terrible. Um, <laughs> so not only are they hard to, you know, they're, they're complicated uh, names, but then also my handwriting's bad. So um, yeah, I've got them just outside the six um, this year. I think, Ooh. yeah. Well, I've got them it's a brave call and limited information. All right. Well, I'm going. I've actually I just look. I've got to make a call. So I mean, <laughs> yeah. I just sorry. Yeah, I, Johnny. I thought I finished my top six, but I didn't. Adelaide Olympic are my sixth place for this season. <laughs> oh, all right. All right. Because they have made a couple of signings. Um, uh, Mark Jakobsen, um, LA United's former captain. Um, is that actually happening? Because he I'm went. Is that happened, or is he going to India? That's what I was trying. I'm pretty to certain. Do. I'm pretty certain he's. Um, I'm pretty certain. Um, he is going to be signing with them. Um, if he's not yet, I think he will be in um, soon. Um, and also Christy Vengeli as well, who used to play for the club in 2019. Mm-hmm. He's back. He's an Albanian okay. international, played 35 games for Albania. Um, remember him mentioning to me as well, he's uh, come up against Messi. Or not him himself, because I don't understand. Uh, I think he speaks fluent Greek as well, was when I met him. Um, but he uh, he's um, come up against He's defended against Messi and plays like that. I think that experience in the squad is yeah. going to be great for Olympics. Johnny, both of them have signed 100% because both they played in a preseason game. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there you go. There you go. Yeah. So, yeah. so you go. I knew 100% Van Gelly and Jakobsen. I knew he was definitely coming, but not sure yet. But he is down here now. So there you go. So those two, I think the experience from those two, um, especially in the defense, is going to be great for Olympic because um, they were leaking a lot of goals um, later in each game. So, I think they're going to do well this season and also new coaching as well. So looking forward to seeing them against uh, South Adelaide as well, because you've got former. Um, mm-hmm. Of course. How can Andy, I forget? <laughs> and also Mitch Daly, who, is, who as well was the assistant coach um, at South Adelaide under Andy, but left last season to go to um, try head coaching and or assistant and eventually falling as head coach at Adelaide Hills Hawks. Didn't have a great season there, but he's now back in the uh, NPL. So, that's going to be interesting to when I come come across South Adelaide. Uh, I can't remember what, what round that was, but uh, I think three or four. Um, but yeah, it's going to be. I think they're going to do okay because when I was doing my top six, I did it all without Adelaide Olympic in there, and then I realised once I got to Adelaide Olympic, oh geez, they got to go yeah close to. But it's hard to predict. But I feel like those two are going to be huge. Yeah, Andrew Calderbank. Yeah, it's a good point. Completely forgot about him, of course, as the new head coach. Very good coach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Very good. And it worked, worked, with, worked with Pez, yeah. uh, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. Nick, right? Yeah. Oh, they're, they're like very, very close. So they've done mm-hmm. a lot of stuff together. But even just his results with South Adelaide 2020 mm-hmm. to get him up top mm. and then 2021 uh, finals. Like, and from all the boys that I know there, like VG and all that and the ride outs, they, they, they got along with And it's well. the football he got them playing mm-hmm. too. It was actually yeah, very, very watchable. So yeah. I think so. Too. It's going to take some time because it's not like it's a complete transformation. I couldn't really see what they were doing the last year or two. It felt a lot like passion based, like you fall behind and then you just claw a late result late. Yeah. It felt the last couple of years, they've always been ambitious and I'm hoping they do well, but I think it's a good fit. He was going to set some standards, 
for this season, I don't know if it's going to be enough to play finals, not just because of them, but because of how well some of the other clubs have recruited. Mm. So I've got them around, you know, sixth, seventh, eighth range, depending on mm. how you go. But like, if say an Adelaide United was to drop off, I reckon that'd be one of the clubs that will be chasing those final spots in the finals. Yeah. So yeah, I've got them seventh. Um, I also mentioned, I mean, uh, Fausto Erber, of course, was was a huge player for them. Uh, and then when he departed at the start of last season, I guess that hurt them too. Uh, also, again, I'll mention Aussie Scout because he's a very good source of information. But the Constantopoulos brothers had a, had a trial at uh, at Dundee last year in Scotland. Um, and Jason and Kristen Constantopoulos. Um, but obviously, they're, they're back and they've re-signed with, um, with Olympic. And yeah, they both polled very well in the, in the Sergio Melter uh, medal votes as well. Jason finished third in that. So keeping them is, is also massive for, for Olympic uh, too um, and, and, and their squad. So yeah, I've got them seventh. Antonis, you said sixth, seventh. Yep. Uh, Just outside of finals for me. Yeah, right yeah, yeah. Uh, Johnny, what, what, about, what about you? Yeah, definitely six, I'm thinking. Yep. Yeah. Sure. Uh, Nick, prediction? Oh you yeah! Got- look, I think no, no, but I think they'll push Adelaide United for that six for sure. Yeah, I think yeah. with Andy as a coach, Liam in experienced centre backs, I think it's a good recipe for them to be very, very competitive this year. But look, who knows? And just uh, quickly, you, you played against the Constantopoulos boys. So, what what, what are your thoughts on them when, when you're coming up against them? Yeah, very dynamic, Jason. Very, very impressive. Both feeted, uh, both feet. Um, Kristen's super fit, solid player. I think they're both very good. I'm very surprised. I I thought Jason would actually still be over there. Um, I thought he would maybe be a sniff. Maybe needs to improve his his, his passing range a little bit. Um, a great dribbler, so maybe does a bit too much. So that'll come with experience. But I think I've always said uh, since I saw him three years ago, I think he's got a bright future. So, um, yeah, I'm hoping that he can kick on and, and be another South Australian player that maybe makes it overseas if he doesn't get a gig in A-League. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's uh let's move on to West Adelaide. Um because this is um going to be a really fascinating club I think to keep an eye on this year. Of course, back in the NPL, uh, a club with so much history as well. Um now Again, limited information, but in terms of signings that I know of, uh, Trey Williams is is one who's ended up uh, with West Adelaide after what looked like he was actually you know going to be with Campbelltown, and then it looks like he's kind of just backed out of that and gone to West Adelaide. Um, don't know what's happened there. You know, uh, I'm sure I'm sure um, you know uh, something's gone down, but uh, doesn't doesn't really matter. He's he's ended up with West Adelaide, uh, and that's that's the notable signing. I think. Me and I've got Antonio, one. So... I got one for you, Christian. I think yep. Cooper O'Donnell has gone there from Metro to join his brother. That's what I remembered today. I forgot to let you know about that. Yeah, one, no, but... that's all right. All right, yeah. So there's there's one as well. Uh, but I think the big thing with these guys is is some 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 losses that they've had uh, or departures. Um, so I mean, we mentioned the young young boy Nathan Amanatidis uh before who's gone to uh, Adelaide United Ricky De Silva is a big loss uh he's gone to Raiders um and Jack Yol as well to comments like I mentioned before and then uh, Evan Kostopoulos actually retired uh as well after winning the championship which was really nice uh probably ending for his um career but mm-hmm. I mean what with Nick I mean you're first of all let's we'll talk about the, the that season opener later because that's a that's obviously a massive game but in terms of West Adelaide are back. Your Adelaide City, that's a massive rivalry. Are you guys actually really almost almost pleased in a sense that they're actually back in the NPL? Yeah, for sure. 100%. Yeah. Um, it's been three long years without them. I think it's always great to have them in. I think it's changed a little bit um, since back in the day. Obviously, being a, when I, I was younger, when we had the derbies and I used to go uh, as an Adelaide, av- avid Adelaide City supporter, 
obviously it's died down a little bit, but I think the history is always there and I still a lot of people are still involved in both clubs that want to really revive it. So it's exciting to have back. I think round great from um, the club to pick them to be our round one uh, game, which is going to be exciting. And obviously with Pez being the coach and him being an ex-West LA coach, it adds a little bit of spice. And um, I think um, it's their first game back in the MPL against the champs. So it's going to be awesome. And I just hope that we can uh, put on a good show for our, for our fans and for the community. Yeah, absolutely. Antonis, what's your read on West Adelaide? Because also you've, there's an article actually on our site because uh, you spoke to um, Jim Sakinas, uh, the head coach for West Adelaide, about kind of the season up, coming up and, the, and their promotion um, uh, back in October, that was. And he also mentioned about the stadium um, out in mm-hmm. Kilburn, which has um, been a, an ongoing kind of thing um, and it's a bit of a saga around West Adelaide. But uh, he mentioned that it could be ready halfway through this season uh, in mm-hmm. that article, which, you know, again, we'll wait and see if that, that eventuates. But uh, what, what are your thoughts on them? Yeah, I hope it's ready. It's been, yeah, kind of a long-winded thing. <laughs> so, yeah. Look, speaking to Jim, he's well aware what he's up against. He said when I asked him, what are your goals for this season? Just as consolidate what we've achieved. He's well aware that they're in for a fight. They've lost, I guess, a bit more than they would have liked to lose in terms of experience, in terms of both your centre-backs from the grand final that you won. So it's not going to be easy, but, you know... I don't currently have them staying up as much as I'd like to say I would. But, you know, I do think they're in a much better position right now to stay up than they were in the last season in the NPL. The clubs are a much healthier place. You've got players that genuinely believe in the club, that want to play for the club, that want to play for the coach. Mm. Again, they've had some decent preseason results too, which is good to see. I think they can put up a fight against most teams on their day. The question is, who's going to come up? Who's going to show that they belong at this level? And yeah, can you pick up enough points to stay clear of that zone? That's it. So all the best to them. But yeah, I think they're well aware they're in for a fight. Johnny, what, um, because, so I've got them, I'll have them going down, but again, that's not like a locked in sort of thing. Uh, It's it's very hard still to predict at this early stage, but I put them in 11th for now. but what what do you think, Johnny, about like, I'll let you give the prediction, but do you think with a club like West Adelaide, they're coming up, but of course they've got so much history and, and they are a big club in the community. So do you think for them, it's just, you know, Antonis mentioned that Jim's going to look at just consolidating, which you'd imagine is just staying up. But if they've got a chance to really actually do something more, finish, you know, seventh, eighth range, something like that, I mean, that would be, that would be huge as well. Yeah, I think it's going to be a tough one for them coming up this season, um, especially with all the teams we've spoken about. It's going to be hard for them to try and make finals. Um, they've lost some good players in, uh, I think De Silva was a great player, Costopoulos as well. Mm. They're out, but um, they're, I think it's going to be hard. I, I, I told, I said before, the, the bottom part of the ladder, I'm not going to really make a, any judgment on because I, I can't really put who's going to drop and all that. But it's just, I feel like they, they are going to have a hard to try and, bit into this season um, and start at the start, especially. Uh, but Jim, the, we saw him, I spoke to him after the grand final and to win that grand final, the, the fight they put in, I think they can, like if they could bring that same spirit and have that belief in the, in the club, they mm. will be able to do something good for the club. And I think it's going to be hard for them to start off the season against Adelaide city as well. A big game um, for them to, to kick off. They're not playing at home. They're going to be playing, I think West beach, um, which is the surface there is still um, it's not, I don't think it's the greatest surface, but it's yeah. 
um it's a, well, one of the first uh, artificial turf so i haven't played on it or anything but um it's um interesting to see how they're going to play out there and uh yeah i don't know it's hard to predict for west Adelaide mm. as well i know i'm saying it's hard to predict for the last few clubs but it just does feel like that but We'll see what happens with the West Adelaide. The history there, we're looking at this game as a big game because of the history between the two clubs. Mm. But the two teams itself, I don't know what we're going to expect uh, round one from uh, yeah. West Adelaide. Hopefully we can see something good out of them. Yeah, no, absolutely. All right. Uh, let's move on. Final club. Um, we finally got there. Mobbury Jets, um, who, mm. uh, Nick, of course, you played them in the in the Federation Cup final last year. And, um, you know, I'll let, I'll let the listeners know Nick scored a hat-trick <laughs> in that game. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but... Um, Mombri, they looked they, they've done some decent business, I think, uh, in the offseason. Most importantly, they locked down, you know, and, they, and I imagine, again, don't have any information, but I imagine there were probably some top clubs interested in the McCabe twins, maybe looking to see if they could poach them, I don't know, uh, from Mobbury. But uh, they've re-signed them. Cooper Wagner stayed as well. Um, most of the players, really, that came up with them have stayed. And they've added a bit of experience with Tim Henderson from Metro. Uh, they've also made a signing, which is interesting, on Ryan Neal, who's joined from Colwyn Bay in the Welsh Second Division, um, which is a bit of a bit an obscure one. But, you know, credit to them for branching out and doing something different. Um, and, yeah, Logan Marley-McFour, as I mentioned earlier, from Comets. And Joseph McCade has joined from Croydon as well. So a couple of just, I guess, extra pieces to, to add around the squad as well. Um, I mean, for them, I think it's it's an expectation to avoid relegation. But I mean, I was um, very impressed by their Australia Cup run um, as well. I mean, the way they look, I think South Australian football is in a much better place probably than Western Australian football, but they went to Armadale away from home um, and, and really torn the shreds. Um, and that was really impressive yeah. from a team that was still in the state league at that point. Mm. Um, and I, it seems like Morris, Morris Natale has got that team really well drilled. Um, obviously their expectation is going to be to consolidate and avoid relegation. Fair enough. Um, and I just think, but I, I think they might do a little bit more than that. I think they're going to be really good at home um, as well. That's really not going to be an easy trip uh, for any team. Um, they've also made just a little bit of an upgrade to their, to their club. In general, club rooms and stuff. It's about just under two million dollars uh, upgrade as well. That's been reopened uh, last week too. So um, yeah, I, I'm I'm feeling really confident about these guys. Again, if I had to make a prediction, I'm going to say eighth, which might seem high, um, but I just think yeah that they look really really solid as a as a unit at the moment. And Tonus, what's what's your thoughts? I've also got them in eighth. You know, it's yeah, good to yeah. see ambitious clubs coming up you know i think we're much better for having them in the npl mm. and you could see like in the state leagues i think they pretty much walked it to they walked into that top position again after their promotion was guaranteed i feel they dropped off a little bit again natural they won't have the luxury of doing that in the npl but Again, it was like an MPL side playing state league, it felt like, for a lot of that season. So we'll see how they go. I do think that some of those faces throughout the club remember the 2020 season where they started, they were second or third, and then the league paused for COVID. The league came back and they were a different side. Mm-hmm. They couldn't string passes together at some stage, you know, <laughs> and they went down. And... Yeah, I think they're going to remember that of saying we don't have the luxury of turning off. You know, you might have some solid players, but before you do anything like challenging for finals, you need to make sure you remain in that division. So a step at a time, like West Adelaide, I think they're a much better place than they were last time they were up. So best of luck to them. I think they'll have a decent season. Johnny, what's your, what's your thoughts on Mobbrook? Um, yeah, I think definitely think they're a, they'll 
the strongest team in the uh, in the uh, state league one last year, and I think the Australia Cup run is what um, mm. is what hurt them a little bit because one, and especially once they once they uh, won the uh, the the automatic promotion into the NPL, their performances dropped off a little bit. Um, they're still a strong, very strong team, but um, I think they're they're strong enough to try and do something in this league and stay up. I think they can. They can easily stay up this season. Um, they've already had they had NPL players in their team last year in the state league, so they're familiar with this league. I think they can eat. They're they're a team that can easily stay up here. So, um, I think if they do rele- get relegated, it's going to be a very big disappointment for them because they um, they've got the strength in that squad to to uh, to stay up um, this year. So, and Morris, good, very good coach, very. Um, yeah, I think he will have them prepared, ready to go for round one. So we'll see how we go, but I think they're they're likely to to stay up this season. Yeah, uh, Nick, you looking forward to the trip back up to uh, back up to Mobry this year? I think they. Uh, I think not really because I think it's going to be a tough game. Yeah, I think it's <laughs> yeah. going to be quite good. I think they'll definitely stay up. Um, I think that from what I watched of them live in the grand final in the cup final first half, they played some really good stuff. Mm. Uh, they they did. They put us under a bit of pressure. Their pressing was good. Morris has got them well organised. They play some good football. Nice tiki-taka. Obviously, we got the better of them on the day uh, towards the end. But for me, they stay up. I think they've got a lot of quality, a lot of experience with the McKay boys. And as you said, Wagner up front. And I think adding Tim Henderson at the back with obviously mm. Doyley and, and Mullen. And you've got mm. plenty of experience at the back. I think that's vitally important for a team that's just got come up um, to just consolidate their place in the league. And like you said, Antonio said at times last year they were an MPL side playing State League One, um, mm. and brings me back just to a quick point. I just don't understand why they have State League One and State League Two finals with the minor premier mm. who's already yeah. been promoted. Finish. They've won the. They've won the title. They've been promoted. Done. Season over. Walk away. Have it as a playoff, a separate competition. Why do that? Why do those two teams need to be back in there? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's stupid. Exactly. Waste of time. Make the composition even more special. Just, that's it. Exactly right. Mm. So, you know what? I don't care that uh, to me, Modbury were by far the best team. Oh, mm-hmm. West Adelaide won the championship, whatever, but Modbury's going to be a good side. And I think maybe if we've uh, they've added some more that we don't know about, if they can, they could potentially push a top six. Um, if they have a, they could be, uh, they could, why can't they do what Sturt and South Adelaide did two years ago? So yeah. that, that's mm. my, that's how I feel about them after playing them last year and seeing, uh, and obviously they have uh, Morris. So yeah. Is it, there was, um, just again, you know, heard that maybe obviously you were two 0 up at half time in that game uh, last year, but uh, I, I heard that Mr. Paul Pezos was not uh, was still not not that ha- happy at uh, at half time in the uh, in the change room. Well, where was I? Well, that's, uh, <laughs> he's getting ready to make him happy. I was having half time pingers. <laughs> oh boy, I wasn't in there, but I'm sure he would have been. Ro- I'm sure he would have been roasting the boys. I'm sure. Well, if you remember, it was like. At the start, they started all right, but you scored pretty early. And then most of the That's half, right. they were just going at you. Mm. And then you just grabbed the late goal. And then they had yeah. 45 minutes of solid football that were 2-0 down. Mm. 100%. And that's why he was losing it at halftime, because mm. we they had pinned us back a little bit. Um, they only forced a couple of saves, which were relatively comfortable yeah. for Dakota. But they still played the football, and we just seemed to struggle in the first half. But yeah, mm. I'm sure he would have lost it. That doesn't surprise me one bit, Christian. <laughs> Much happier at full time after a hat trick. Oh, he, uh, nah, he was upset with me because apparently I answered him back on, uh, and he was going to drag me. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
All right. Um, for another podcast. Yeah. Yes. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, let's. Uh, so some general points. We'll finish off. So that's all the teams. Um, so yeah. Uh, if, again, if you stuck with us this long, then yeah, really thank you. Um, because uh, yeah, it is has been a bit of a long podcast. But to to finish, uh, let's just touch on. So it always is. It, it always goes way longer. Talk about gonna, Christian. You're right. There's I so was going to talk say. About. There, there yeah, really is. Gonna... Like you know, I was looking seriously. I'll, I'll give the listeners a bit of background. So I, I kind of planned for this podcast today, and I literally got up in the morning and I thought, like, all right, you know, I'll bang this out in two hours. Plan for the podcast and i was going through and i was like oh they've signed him and, and they've signed him and it's like oh fuck like all right <laughs> you know uh, so these so these teams are really kind of getting some business done so um yeah <laughs> i was gonna say thank you to NPOSA hub who will watch this whole thing and just summarizes in a couple of tweets for everyone <laughs> <That's> the- <laughs> yeah, i reckon i'm like a hammered as well who knows are we are we getting any closer to revealing who NPOSA hub really is <laughs> i think it's nick Booker, isn't it <laughs> oh, yeah <laughs> Uh, um but nick just briefly um so that opener uh of course so 17th of february uh is is when it when it all kicks off um and it is going to be adelaide city and west adelaide now you've told us that that could be a service fm stadium which is huge uh that's going to be awesome um to to have at a you know at a proper venue like that um not saying Adelaide City Park isn't a proper venue. No, don't. Come on. <laughs> don't quote me on this. Come on. Um, <laughs> you said it. <laughs> Just saying it's going to be at, you know, the State Centre, which is which is good. Um, and yeah, the Adelaide Derby. The Adelaide Derby's back. Um, how? Just, Nick, give us your brief thoughts as a squad. Um, and even, you know, if Pez has spoken about it or anything, what, what's your thoughts? Did you kind of, when the fixtures came out, did you see it straight away? Were you talking about it? Um, you know, what, what what's your thoughts going into that, into that game? Well, I think, no, the Federation always gives the reigning champion the call on who they want to play round one, right? So right. last yeah. year we we went uh, we played Campbelltown um, as we selected them. So uh, I think Pez and the, and the coaching staff picked West Adelaide this year. So um, I think, and the club, obviously the club have to approve it too. So I think as a club celebrating the fact that West Adelaide's back in the top flight, I think what better way than to have round one at Service FM uh, and that sort of stuff um, because, sorry, my battery's just gone low. So it shows, sorry. I hope it hasn't changed my lighting, but um, <laughs> yeah, I think it shows that it, we're, everyone's so excited around the club for round one. Um, a lot of changes happen in the club in the off season. So, uh, and I went to a service FM for the photos today for the club, uh, for our club, having our t- uh, player shots and that, and the pitch looks amazing. And mm. it's, it's look, we've got such a great record there. I has a, have a joke with the boys that they should just rename it Adelaide city park, but <laughs> I won't. Um, I don't want to put a jinx on us, but yeah, it's, it's been good to us. Uh, in, this uh, in 2022 so hopefully it continues yeah okay um antonis i mean we'll, we'll definitely be at that game uh mm-hmm. i mean you johnny i'm, I'm sure you, you you're gonna be going i think i'll definitely be there don't worry yeah yeah okay will uh, you be what's... working i don't know we'll see what happens hopefully mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh antonis what, what's your thoughts on, on on that game i mean there's so much history around as well yeah, it's good to have it back in there. As Nick said, it's not what it used to be in the past, but that's not the case in the point. You just celebrate it for what it is. Celebrate mm. a club like West Adelaide getting back, finding its feet again. So you just hope the clubs go from strength to strength. Again, it's not going to be easy for West Adelaide. I think they know that too. But again, it's more of a, it's going to be three points at the end of the day, but it feels more like a celebration of South Australian football more than anything you've got the reigning champions coming in playing against the club that recently got promoted after a few years in the wilderness so it's a very nice way to start the season and yeah good to have the season back I yeah think, 
Yeah, oh, Johnny. Johnny. Now you go, Christian. Well, I was just going to move on. So I had. Oh, no. Yeah, no, Johnny, you had a, you had a point. Oh. You had a point in the game. Hey, yeah. No, I was going to say reiterate what um what Antonio said about the being special the first game. It also it shows the history of the. It's a, a special game because it shows the history of where like where the pinnacle of South Australian football when Adelaide City and West Adelaide that big rivalry back in the NSL days. Now at a brand new home of football at State yeah, it's a really good point. Stadium. Yeah. It's just a perfect um, match for mm. round one of 2023, which is actually, I feel like it's got the best lead-in to any season ever, especially with everything that's gone on around the World Cup, the A-League. It just feels like everyone's focusing on the local leagues at the moment. So I think it's going to be perfect way to kick off this season. Yeah. Um, so what, one point I made earlier is that I felt maybe that there was just a bit of a defined top four just when I was looking at things. Is anyone... I mean, you you two have mentioned Nick and Johnny that maybe beer grad could be that that team that kind of upsets that. Is there anyone else, you know that that you think could could kind of break that kind of Adelaide City, Campbelltown, Metro, Comets top four that that I think is definitely going to be the case, Antonis? If the stars align, Adelaide United can be as good as they want to be. You know, they won't. They're kids at the end of the day, and a lot of things get changed around playing for mm. the A-League's youth side. But, you know, if they're just string performances, they, they can show up any side on their day. So the big if is stringing it together, which I can tell you now it won't happen because there's just so many variables, so many moving factors. But it's a side that on any given day, if they all show up like they know they can, they can cause some damage. Yeah, and I guess on the flip side, Johnny, do you think is there any unexpected side that might get relegated? Um, I've already I've already mentioned South Adelaide as a potential, you know, maybe shock kind of uh, relegation. I don't know if <laughs> you mentioned earlier that you maybe not, uh, you know, wanting to upset any coaches. But is there any team that you kind of maybe think maybe people are sleeping on as potential strugglers or? I think maybe I don't know if anyone's. Th- I don't know maybe maybe West Adelaide. I don't know. Um, yeah, uh, it's hard. I don't know. I, yeah, I, it is hard. I, I yeah. can't put my finger on two. Maybe it's my heart speaking. I don't want to see things <laughs> drop down to State League One, but <laughs> that could be it. I think. But um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. It's a hard one to try and say. But I think yeah, maybe or not. I don't think they're going to drop. But I think I think Croydon might be the one and might be not performing to everyone's expectations this mm. season. Or, they might be that team, but I don't see them falling into the bottom three, though. Yeah, okay. Um, and so, Nick, just finally, I want to ask you a couple of things mm. just about the schedule uh, for this season because I noticed yeah. going through the fixture list that there is a couple of changes. We've got uh, some standalone Sunday afternoon games, which is which is which seems a bit new this year. Uh, we've got more dual fixtures on a Friday night, which is also another interesting um, kind of thing with double headers. Um, and then you also got, there was one little nuance in the in the fixture list with all teams playing on uh, Anzac Day as well. Um, so is that, I mean, You've been playing in the year for, playing in the league, sorry, for many years. What what have you noticed? I guess the schedule over the years. What do you, what do you think about this season's? Um, you know, is there anything which you think from a player's perspective that you really like about you know uh, the way the fixture list has has been laid out? Well, I'm going to sound maybe a bit funny here, but I'm loving that the federation has decided to halt the season for three weeks during the Women's World Cup. Yeah, uh, allows allows a break during the year. A lot of a lot of the boys want to go away, like. Now that COVID's cleared off and it's not really mm. a thing anymore, we can go to Europe. So I, for one, I'm looking to to get away for a few weeks during the season. And I know a lot of boys will be looking to do that. I think it, you know, obviously it, 
Yeah, like it just hurts a bit when you miss games because you want to play football, not for anything. Um, it shouldn't stop you from going on a holiday of your dreams in, in the European summer. But I think that's something that was really important. I think that's really added something this year. Look, obviously, it's for the reasons of uh, watching Women's World Cup for everyone and um, clubs need their facilities to be used. But I think that's a really good initiative from the Federation. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll, we'll help players really uh, get back into, the, you know, look forward to that break and get back into the swing of, swing of things with a fresh mind. I think Friday night football is the best. Um, I dislike Sunday football, to be honest, as a working man and an older mm-hmm. guy. And, you know, people have Saturday night things. And for me, Saturday night football and Sunday football, I just don't agree with it. Always have been like that. So for me, Friday Friday night football, Saturday 3 o'clock or even Saturday 5 at the latest, are all good three. Uh, uh, those three time slots are always good for me because I think as players, you look forward to playing at times where it suits your life and then you bring the best of yourself because at the end of the day, it's semi-professional football. Uh, obviously, you want it to be as professional as possible, but, you know, there are other things in life, so you just want to have that balance. So that's one thing that stood out for me, and I think the fixtures, there are some really good grounds now, which is great, and I think standalone fixtures and double fixtures are great. So, Christian, just to clarify, are those ju- double games, MPL games back-to-back, or WMPL and MPL? Sorry, sorry, I should have clarified. So, I said double-header, but that was wrong. It's actually two games on at the same time uh, at different grounds. So, you could have... Okay, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so like two games both on at seven at different grounds. So, you know, in Adelaide City versus so-and-so and, and West Adelaide versus so-and-so. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But I, hopefully as well, look, I didn't have a look at how it aligns with the WMPL, but I'd imagine there will be a few more, you know, some double headers uh, potentially this year as well, um, which is always great. Quick thing, quick word for me on the on the break. I think SA is actually... Uh, Victoria haven't released their full schedule for it uh, yet, I don't believe. Um, but from what I'm hearing from the other states in comparison, I think SA has actually really laid out the best in round planning around that because basically it's going to be no football throughout the whole group stage. So really, you know, everyone can get out to as many games as possible. Obviously we've got England and China coming down here and in South Australia, which is going to be uh, a big deal when, when they play at Coopers. And then basically as the tournament concludes, the season will get back kind of up, up back and running. So I think that that works really well. So I've got to uh, credit football SA for that because they've done a good job. Mm -hmm. They have done a good job, and I think I think you're right. I think we are the only state that are, are halting for the um for completely, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's great. It's it's fantastic. It gets everyone out. It also gets the opportunity for players to go overseas and have mm. a break. Um, and someone like me, I want to go and watch the the. I want to watch the, every game of the NPL and WNPL, but it's hard to do when you got when I'm going to go fly into state to go and watch um the well not the Batildas, but I'm going to go for the final. So it's mm. good. Mm-hmm. And, the other good thing as well for me that New South Wales is still going. I get to watch more football while I'm there for the week. <laughs> final. There's a whole heap of games. So I might go to Marconi and um, watch them play as well. Yeah. So awesome. I'm not complaining enough for them um, uh, still playing on. But it's good that South Australia is having that break. I think it's going to hopefully come back refreshed um, after mm-hmm. that three weeks as well. It's good to see something that everyone in South Australia agrees on because we're yeah. not great at agreeing. <laughs> That's it. Yes. And, and in saying the extra dates, like the Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, I think as a viewer, it's uh, so much better to have that. But as a player, I see um, Nick's um, his uh, thoughts and views on that, and I totally agree with it. it. It's they do need to have their time off, but as a for spectators, it might bring more eyes on the game, having different time slots across the weekend. Hopefully, that's what yeah. happens in um, to the game from doing those those time slots. But yeah, you got to think of the players' perspective as well. It's you got to toss it up. I don't know. But it's, hard. Yeah, exactly. yeah. It's a, yeah. Yeah. Because you got to, yeah, you're right. It would, it might, this schedule, the way they've done it might suit spectators more. Um, but Nick's right. Obviously, you know, with everyone 
being semi professional and and this that and the other it, it does make it tough um and it, although it's easier recording yeah. podcasts and making fixtures everyone agrees with <laughs> yeah yeah um and um unlike uh these NPL players uh during the break Antonis has already got uh he's already in Europe so he's uh had his break <laughs> and now he's going to be refreshed ready to go for the season. Yeah, yeah, uh, season goes the far. refreshment <laughs> the refreshments are going to not going to last very long when I get back to work trust me <laughs> <laughs> yeah. all right um all right that's going to that's going to wrap it up uh we we recorded I, I think about bang on 2 hours now um so Nick our apologies. No, it's um, fantastic. No, no, I loved it. No, it's all good. Don't apologize. Because, uh, yeah, uh, very much, very much thank you for your time. Uh, yeah. You can't rush art, boys. You can't rush art. No, no, that, that's that, that's right. Uh, and well, these podcasts definitely are art. If so. you go back on kicking the local podcast, every episode, <laughs> the longest one is Nick Foucault's episode. So, <laughs> so the longest episode. After that episode, I, I realised I need to start we doing might have to get. We might have to get, I don't know if we could do it. We might have to get a Nick Bucco, Paul Pezos. I think we actually have to get Paul Pezos on this podcast because <laughs> I think there's just too much fanfare between me and Tonus going around that it's just kind of, just have to get him on. Uh, you know, it might be yeah. something that we have to look into. And then he can put that episode in his resume. <laughs> Yeah, 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 and then, and he, then won't, he won't do it during the season, though. Wait till he wins the third, third in a row. If we can do that, <laughs> yeah. then he'll definitely have it for sure. Yeah. And then we'll get yeah. the Gatorade showers on you, I reckon. That's right. Make no, sure. No, no, no. I'll rock up to his house on the live <laughs> camera like that. <laughs> sort that out. That'll be fantastic. All right, uh, Nick. All the best for the season as well. Um, yeah, going for a three peat would be would be an historic achievement. Johnny, thanks for joining us tonight as well. Um, make sure you check out his podcast, Kicking It Local podcast. Check out our article as well from earlier today on uh, on Jane Labasso. Yeah, Johnny. And just a quick shout out to all the broadcast team as well for that produce the NPL TV, the camera operators and all that, and the production, Matt Mays, Jaden Betterman, all the rest of the team. They're going to do a great job this season again to mm. bring the games out to everyone. So I think um just want to do a shout out to that. Pearl Pezos actually gave a good shout out at the grand final as well, which was nice of him to do that. Absolutely. Game interview. So, but I just think it's going to be a good season and hopefully um, you guys enjoy the, uh, the broadcast this season as well. Yeah, uh, and Johnny, hopefully we get some uh, some some good kind of iconic commentary moments potentially from uh, from you. Maybe on a Nicholas Bucco goal. Maybe hey, I've been watching Maybe. watching the World Cup, and I've taken some tips, and I think I'm gonna. I've been yeah. watching the Brazilian version as well. I just I just hope not from Martin Tyler for us. Let <laughs> 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 oh, my feelings know in the public Twitter sphere about that. Uh, oh, how yeah. bad he's got. Bloody yeah. yeah, but I, I, Christian, sorry, I just want to say thank you for having me. Thanks for. Um, reaching out to get me on i've had a, a lot of fun as you as johnny said i, I enjoy having these chats because obviously your career isn't forever and um time passes on away from football so i'm enjoying it while while i've got it and love chatting to you guys and happy to help wherever i can and you guys do a great job so cont- keep continuing to publicize our, our game and our local league because you know it it, it may adds for talking points and and it, mm. it, it actually makes a lot of fun you know what i mean it makes the game fun and let's have a big year yeah, absolutely. And I can tell from my personal experience that uh, Nick Booker is never, never afraid to uh, get in front of the camera and uh, and do an interview. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Antonis, uh, any any closing remarks, and then we'll wrap it up. Go Arsenal. Go Arsenal. Ah. Oh. Oh. <laughs> you had to. You had to do it. You had to bring it onto my podcast and talk about Arsenal. My God. I'm just looking up my. Fl- I'm just looking up my flights for May, just in case. I'm keeping an eye on. It's not done yet. It's not I'm done, sure. I'm, I'm sure Pez will understand. Ah, he will. Don't worry. I'll make sure. <laughs> you saw Long me. Way to go. Um, Long way to go. Happy with top four. 
I, uh, he walked up to me like late in the season last year. How my Arsenal jacket looked. He was like, "Oh, Arsenal!" And I'm like, "Come on, where's the excitement?" <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even care about Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, as a, if anyone sees my uh, my Twitter profile picture, you know I'm a Chelsea fan, so I'm just still kind of trying to ponder what uh, what we're doing at the moment. So uh, yeah, right. I'll get you'll I'll get back fine. to you on that. But <laughs> top of the second half of the table, you'll be all right. I think we'll be okay as well. Maybe you tell our <laughs> fan base that though. Anyway, uh, let's uh, let's wrap it up. Um, yeah, and uh, make sure you check us out, of course, on social media. That's Front PG Football on Twitter and Instagram, Front Page Football on Facebook, also LinkedIn if you would like to follow us on there. Uh, FrontPageFootball.net is where you can catch all the articles. If you check out our MPL section, you can see a lot of the interviews that Antonis actually did uh, with a few players last year. Um, and yeah, uh, there's a lot of, actually quite a bit of, some Adelaide City interviews on there uh, as well, um, so kind of suits the theme with uh, Nick Booko being on here as well. Might have to might have to branch out there, Antonis. Uh, but um, look, it's, it's some great content on there uh, this year. We're hoping to do bigger and better things as well. So uh, yeah, really looking forward to it. All starts on the seventeenth, uh, and yeah, it's been another episode of the Front Page Football Podcast. Uh, thanks for joining us, and uh, yeah, you can listen to us in the next one soon. <laughs>